Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Testing one, two, three, and we are a go. Welcome to another episode of the Lonely Hearts Sports Podcast. On today's episode, we look ahead to week eight of the NFL season. Wow, can't believe we're almost halfway through the season. I feel like it just started yesterday. Uh, we will also go into more hockey talk. You know, talk about the Sabres. First, first week of the season is coming and going. We'll go around. We'll talk about other things happening happening in the league as well. We are also going to rank the reverse retro jerseys that were released by Adidas just last week there. I will give my rankings. Jake will give his rankings. But we begin today with baseball. The World Series is set. It will begin Friday. The American League champion Houston Astros will take on the National League champion Philadelphia Phillies. This is going to be the first time in the postseason that these two teams have met since the 1980 National League Championship Series. Yes, the last time these two teams met, Houston was still in the National League. Um, The Astros are coming into this series as overwhelming favorites for the most part, not only due to their huge win differential over the Phillies, but uh, other... Pretty much everybody expected the Astros to be here. The Phillies have just been one of the hottest teams in baseball and are continuing a magical run that the country is being that Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and pretty much America at this point is captivated by for uh, for reason for many reasons, baseball reasons, economic reasons. Um, I'll get into that a little bit there. Or people just hate the Houston Astros still, even though the cheating scandal has been five years removed. But I'll start in the AL, get it over with with the Yankees. The Astros flat out manhandled the Yankees. They were a better team in, the, in their four-game sweep. The Yankees offense struck out over 60 times in the entire in the entire series well yeah no at least over 50 times i don't know if it's close to 60 but they struck out too many they struck out a lot the bats went cold it was honestly just an embarrassment from a yankees fan standpoint here but i'm gonna give houston i'll give houston their credit they were the better team their pitching staff was better verlander framber uh, framber valdez christian javier all did one. All did great job. All did. All had great pitching. All had great pitching performances for the most part in games one, two, and three. Okay, Altuve wasn't beating. Altuve like went finally got his first hit in 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 the postseason in this series. But Alex Bregman, Jeremy Pena, Kyle Tucker, and um, and and Chaz McCormick of all people, they were like the team the. One star wasn't doing anything, but the rest of the team was doing every was doing like what they needed to do, and it was a complete uh, tale of like opposites with the New York Yankees. Like their pitching was not great at all in starting in terms of starting pitching and relief pitching. The offense couldn't get going. Judge was trying to do too much. The offense around him couldn't do anything until it was too little, too late in Game Four. Even though they eventually got swept there, but. 
No, this is the Astros' first World Well, this is the Astros' fourth World Series appearance in six years after six straight trips to the ALCS. So this is nothing. This is no. This is a good. This is a good achievement on their end, and they're going to look and try to finally win another World Series since for the first time since 2017 uh, and try and shut everybody up about the cheating and the scandals and just pretty much try and tell everybody that they're a damn good baseball team. What's your take on everything on the from the American League side there, my good sir? Um, I mean, you kind of really hit on all the points I wanted to talk about. I mean, you talked about Houston's depth and just their bullpen. Um, other guys stepping up because, uh, like you said, Jose Altuve, and um, Jordan Alvarez only had like one one hit a piece, and but then you look down their lineup, it's like you you look at Houston's depth, and you're like, okay, like their 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 aces have been going, even even their bullpen has just been on fire for them through the whole postseason. It's like, well, it was kind of inevitable. I mean, you had saw it coming. Um, you saw the Yankees just be outmatching that aspect throughout the series against Houston. It showed by them being swept. Oh, uh, I know that's your team, and I'm sorry, but. This was Houston was just a better team all around. We fucking sucked in that series. Dude, I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I don't. I'm sorry to cut you off there. No, you're fine. I'm glad we got swept. Like, I didn't want them. Like, when we got down, when we went down three zero, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. We're preparing for the funeral at this point because there was no way we were gonna come back and win the series. Like, even if we won Game Four, it just prov- it's it was just delaying the inevitable. And even then, the weather almost delayed the inevitable from happening again, because the weather was a factor. Because the weather was a factor uh, in delaying the start of Game Four by an hour and a half. And I'm just like, "Fuck it, we just get over, get it over with." Um, I ended up. I actually didn't end up watching the entire game. I ended up uh, waking up the next morning to finally get the new to to the news that the Yankees were eliminated finally. Um, so, but yeah, you can go back to what you were saying there, my good sir. No, you're fine, but like it's just there. I look at the bullpen and it's just like, well, this is kind of why Houston has just been undefeated through the um the postseason thus far. And I think Philly might the way I don't want to jump into the NL right now, but the only thing that I could see is Philly's bullpen or Philly's roster the way they're hitting right now, possibly an issue. But I don't know because right now the Houston looks like the most impressive team through the whole postseason so far, and it could just be another sort of Houston bashing against this Phillies team. I mean, the thing is, though, is, like, you're not wrong there because, like, on the AL side, like, compared to the NL, on the American League side of the postseason compared to the National League side, like, Houston is one of the – Houston was the team that a lot of people expected to go back to the World Series in the – like when the season started. I mean, I certainly didn't predict that. I said that the Toronto Blue Jays were going to um, win the pennant based off of their roster and their talent and everything. And it turned out that that wasn't to be the case there. Um, you look at Houston overall with how they lose players over the years. Like they lost George Springer. They lost Garrett Cole. They lost Carlos Correa, just to name a few. And they just keep plugging players in. Like they've plugged in, uh, they've plugged in Jordan Alvarez. They've plugged in Jeremy Pena. 
Okay, uh, and they've plugged in Jeremy Pena. They've um, Framber Valdez, like you know, has made, has has become a household name in terms of in terms of star pitching. Um, it's crazy because like I took a look at this, and there's only like three or four players from the 2017 team that are still on the current roster for the Astros: Altuve, Bregman, and Ver- Verlander, and I believe there's one other. Like I like I said, there's like three or four. I can't remember what it was there. I know that those it's those three for sure. But like they have just like completely retooled and revamped their team. And when you look at it, like wasn't it Yuli? Uh... Oh, you yeah, Yuli Gurriel. I yeah. forgot about him. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I forgot about the like, but like when you look at it, like they haven't. They, They've lost so many players, but yet they've got they've only gotten better. Yeah, they've this all- this team looks a lot better than that cheating team, but also it's like, well, now like like you touched on the beginning, like no one really in the world besides Astros fans want to see the Astros win this win the no, World no, Series, but- and it, it's kind of looking like unless Philly still carries on this magic, is kind of what we're going to have to accept now, just based on the fact with how this. Ellis roster is performing right now. I'll just straight up and down the lineup through their batting to their pitching. And, but I, I have been surprised a lot this postseason in baseball, as many people the have. Side has been definitely baffling with the wild card series um, and the division series upsets as well. So it, it, anything is definitely possible here. I mean, you look at the you look at the Astros last season, like they. Pretty much, man. They, they, you look at the Astros last season; they were pretty much like the best team in baseball. Uh, they were pretty much the best team in baseball last year. They ended up losing to the Braves, uh, who were got who became the hottest team in baseball and on that run to the title last season. Even back in 2019, that 2019 Astros team was like on paper the best team in baseball, shattering records, um, having players win numerous individual awards and accolades. And they ended up lo- ended up losing uh, um, the World Series in seven games to the Nationals, who went who just went on who just went on a great run in the postseason there. So the thing is though is like history for the Astros, like it doesn't help them. They just can't find a way to like. They just can't find a way to like beat the hot NL team, and ironically, it's the hot NL the hot NL East team at this point. Maybe third time is the charm for them, as, as as they say here. But, I mean, yet to be determined because the World Series won't start until Friday. But let's shift focus to the National League side. The NLCS had two teams that nobody thought would even be there. Everybody thought that the Braves were going to make mincemeat of the Phillies. And everybody thought that the Dodgers were going to steamroll through the Padres. And let's be honest, everybody thought that the Dodgers were on a collision course with the Astros for the uh, for the World Series. You would have had a one hundred you would have had a one hundred and seven win team taking on a one hundred and eleven win team. And on paper, it would have been go. And on paper, it could have gone down as one of the greatest World Series of all time. But instead, here we are. You have a team. You have a team that finished 14 games back of the division champions. They ended up beating the set, uh, said division champions of the NL East in the division series. They make mincemeat of the Padres in the NLCS, taking 
splitting in San Diego before coming back before coming back home to Philadelphia. Huge momentum shifter behind that crowd there. Bryce Harper have the ser- having one having the series of a lifetime, the postseason of a lifetime, I should say, and the team has just been rallying behind the city, and here they are for the first time since 2009. Yeah, and we're like you said, we might be able to see that NL magic just happen once more with the way this team is playing right now. You kind of like hockey, you want to bet on the hot goalie. Right now, this is the hot team coming into this finals. I know Houston has made easy work getting there. Philly also didn't struggle that much. No, Philly has not struggled. I mean, the thing is, there is like they can't like they came back from they came back and they put going back to the wild card series. The the Phillies like game one like they were down they were down in the top of the ninth of the Cardinals. They scored six runs, took care of business in game two. After that, like momentum, honestly, from that moment on in game one, they just kind of took took it into their own hands. They won game one of the NLDS. They split in Atlanta. They took the next two in Philly. They moved on. Like I said, they split in San Diego, came back home. Like, momentum shifted. Like, it's almost, it's literally, like, as soon as they got back into that city, like, aura, like, aura and mystique and magic just came about all of a sudden. It's, It's extremely baffling, to say the least. I mean, you know as to like what's happening there, but the team it's themselves, like they've been playing great, like on their, like in the, on their side, on their side of the bracket, honestly. I mean, it's just not Harper. I mean, like Reese Hoskins has Reese Hoskins has been doing great with the bat. Okay. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Nola, Zach, Zach Wheeler, Kyle Schwarber uh, from the pitching perspective. Yeah. Kyle Schwarber, uh, as well here, the bullpen has been doing good too. I mean, uh, Sir An- um, Sir Anthony, uh, shit, I want to say Rodriguez, but fuck, I may be wrong there. Um, but the bull, like the bullpen, like has been phenomenal as well. I mean, outside of Brad Hand, but that's classic Brad Hand. Like you're not gonna, you can't trust him. Um, I won't trust him to hit the broadside of a barn, but that's a side issue there. Um, also, it's looking like Rob Thompson. Also, it's looking like Rob Thompson may be manager of the year, manager of the year too, based on how he turned the team around overall. There, um, I, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not saying this as a biased Yankees fan. I'm really not. I'm saying this as someone who went to a. I'm saying this as someone who went to a Phillies postseason game and watched them make the Braves look silly with their pitching and with their offense. I'm I think the Phillies will win the World Series and I think they will win it in 5 games. I think they're going to do what they did with the NLCS. They're going to split in Houston and then they're going to come back home to Philly and then it's just going to be over by eh, on it, like it's going to be over. Like you can have like like honestly like you can have who Houston can have whoever the series will be over in five. Like if Philadelphia splits in Houston, it's over in five and we're not going to have November baseball, which is part of the reason why I'm picking Phillies in five too. I don't want November baseball. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> um, I agree. I think the Phillies, there is a route for the Phillies to take the series and it starts with, um, <clears throat> 
excuse me, it starts with Jose Altuve not being able to do what he, what we know he can do. Um, clearly, the Astros are the better team, but right now Philly's the hot team. I mean, like you said, you have Zach, you have Zach Wheeler who has been money for the Phillies this postseason. Um, he'll probably go game two for them. Like you said, there could be their split in Houston. Because I'm assuming it would make, I'm assuming it would make sense for Philly to go with Aaron Nola game one, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then Wheeler game two. You might be able to steal both away in Houston, honestly. I mean, the thing is, there is like, with Philly, like, I said this about the division series. Going back when we talked a couple weeks ago with the Braves matchup. Philly's, on their day, the bats can match up with anybody. Hoskins, Harper, Schwarber, Castellanos, Gene Segaris, even sometimes. Like, it's fucking crazy. Like, baseball is a game where any baseball, this is why I love baseball. Anything can happen. Anything. You, you like it, like it's not predictable like football or basketball and even hockey to an and even hockey to an extent in a way and I say to an extent because we both know the we both know that crazy things happen in hockey being hockey fans but in baseball there's so much that can like happen like a team's ace could literally have an off night and get rocked in the first inning Okay, a team's best play off, best player offensively could go 0 for 4 with four strikeouts, and the team and their worst player could, you know, change change momentum in a game by going two for four with a double with a double and two RBIs, or like it's it's crazy how baseball is sometimes. So that's like why I think like that's why I'm thinking like okay like yeah the Astros are the better team hands down like when you look across the table like when you look on paper. But at the same time, it's like this Phillies team, like on paper, they're not bad either. They, they had a bad, they had a bad start to the season. They're like, they fired their manager after a terrible start. They got behind Rob Thompson and they just rode momentum at this, like in the late, literally later, later half of the season August, like in August and September, got where they needed to be, literally the last playoff spot, and have been taking care of business ever since. Yeah, I think they'd be able to come in and take care of business now as well. So, are we in agreement that the Phillies are going to win the World Series? I'm in agreement. I think in six, though. You think, I think it's going to take six? Philly in six? I'm saying Philly in five. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm taking Philly with you here just because I let. You, you have to you have to ride the hot team now, and nobody and wants the Astros. Nobody wants the Astros, but I I genuinely do think like you ride like you said last year. Look what happened when um Houston met the the Braves. They had no answer for the Braves. They had no this, answer for the Braves. The this Bra- year they're gonna have no answer for the Phillies. No, they're not gonna have an answer for the Phillies. Honest to God, like like Astros fan like and this is gonna be karma for this team still. For their cheating scandal. It's still biting them in the ass, I believe. Dynasty of one, I'm telling you right now. Everybody talks about how, like, you know, I, I talked about, like, great accomplishments that they've had here. Six, they've they've won 100 games. They've won over 100 games for five, five times out of the last six seasons. Okay, the COVID season doesn't really count because they only, they only had 60 games. Um, uh, ironically, they finished under 500 in that COVID season, though. 
and they still made the playoffs because like the fucking COVID season fucked everything up there. But like in a, in the last five full seasons, they've won a hundred, they've won over a hundred games. They've made the ALCS the last six years. They've gone to the world series four out of six times, but they only have the one title. That's why he, that like Houston literally has everything to lose in this series. Because the thing is though, is like everybody talks about these accomplishments that they've done. But the thing is though, is like, who gives a fuck if you don't win a title? Like everybody keeps shitting. Like I'm gonna talk. Like I'm gonna go into my team now. Everybody talks about the Yankees, and it's like, okay, we know the standards that the New York Yankees have. But the New York Yankees haven't gone to the World Series in 13 years. The New York Yankees may have made the ALCS three out of the last six years, but they haven't gotten past the Astros. Before that, the last time they made the ALCS was in 2012. They got swept by the Tigers. Okay, you look at the Dodgers who won 111 games practically with the fucking infinity gauntlet there, and they completely shit the bed in the NLDS against the Padres in four games. Dodger fans may be blaming a goose on that one, but they can fuck off. Um, So, like, I, I, I really like everybody gives the Yankees shit. Everybody gives the Dodgers shit. Your Mets got a your Mets got shit on because of the huge collapse that they had at the end of the season, and then bottling it in the in the wild card series against the Padres. If the Astros lose the World Series to the Phillies, I literally want everybody that's a baseball expert talking about how they're a dynasty of one. I'm I'm gonna be I'm sick and tired of hearing oh they did this oh they did that oh they did the other thing okay. They're not, they're not, they're not, they're not like everybody, like this is like this great era of Astros baseball is if they don't win the world series, in my honest opinion, it's going to be forever tainted by the diet, by the, well, it already is by the cheating scandal, but it'll forever be tainted because of the cheating scandal. And it's also going to be remembered for the fact that that's the only title that they could win. Yeah, I agree with that. And I'm going to love to watch the Houston Astros not win another world series here. And I'm gonna, and if that happens in about a week or two, I'm gonna come back on this podcast. I'm gonna just repeat everything I said: dynasty of one, fraud, fra- fraud, fra- fraudulent, great era. And I'm just gonna be like, yo, no, um, baseball, baseball experts, where you at? Uh, you shit on the Yankees all the time. You shit on the Dodgers all the time. You shit on the big teams all the time. Where, where are you at now? Yeah, and Bryce Harper is finally. Looking like that three hundred thirty million dollar man this postseason. Bryce Harper his, was always his contract is paying for itself right now with how he's playing this postseason. I don't think there's a better player in baseball right now than Bryce Harper. No, there's not. Bryce Harper was always that three hundred thirty million dollar man though. The thing is, the thing is though, is because like up until this year, the Phillies were kind. Of, up until this month, I should say, the Phillies were not good. Like, like they gave him that contract, like they gave him that contract and they were, and they were trying to fill, fill holes around him and get, and get the right pieces together. But it just wasn't panning out and working. Now it finally is there. So like the contract is going to, the contract, the 2019 acquisitions are going to work out three years later and he's going to, and hopefully he gets his world series. And he'll have as many titles as the Nats do now. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he'll have a better chance to win. And he'll have a better chance to win more World Series uh, in the future than the Nats, than the Nats will. That is true. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm Philly in five. You've got Philly, Philly in six. six. We'll see what happens starting on Friday there. 
Um, let's switch our attention to the National Football League. Look ahead to Week Eight. Um, can we just can we just end the season now and just start playoffs? No, because that means we would have to go to Seattle. Uh, well, I mean, the Giants would already be the Giants are already going to Seattle, so that means they would have to go back to Seattle as the five seed. So I mean, like for travel purposes, yes, but for football purposes, no. I kind of just like want to see where things are going. Um, it has been a lot of bad football, but I guess like from a standpoint here, like since we were talking about Philly, we can start off in the NFC. The Eagles had a bye week, though, so we don't need to talk about them. They are playing the Steelers. Um, the NFC is a fucking shit show. Well, actually, all football is a shit show, but the NFC is a shit show nonetheless, though. You have you only you have you only have or you only have like five team like five teams over five hundred, and then the rest of them are five hundred or below. And you half of them half of them are coming out of the NFC East. Yeah, the more yeah, three of them are coming out of the NFC East. Who would have thought? Yeah, no, it's been a lot of bad football this year, like you said. Um, like everyone thought at the beginning of the season, the NFC East was going to be the beast of the NFC. Everyone saw that coming, I'm sure. Um, oh yeah, everybody saw it. It's it's the you know, NFC. It's it's just like I don't know, like the NFC. Like there's NFC West and the NFC South are a complete joke. The NFC North has one good team in it. The Packers look like a shit show, but I'll turn the NFC East because it's the best. It's the best division in my opinion, and you guys will have three playoff playoff teams coming out of there. Yeah, your Giants are doing still everything right. Not not losing football games. They're playing sound defensively, and Saquon Barkley is having a great season for you guys. And and Daniel Jones is being a great game manager quarterback, no matter what Dan Orlovsky's dumb fuck ass says. Yeah, Daniel Jones isn't doing anything wrong for you guys. He only has thrown the two picks this year. Um, he's only thrown six TDs, but still, he's just game managing for you guys, making sure he's not losing the ball for you guys. Hey, um, he had over 100 rushing yards in our victory against the Jags on Sunday. Yeah, he's yeah he's doing everything it takes to win, win you guys football games just riding on the back of Saquon Barkley. It's nothing wrong with that. No, you guys, you're we're looks utilizing good. Our, we're utilizing our running game, which is something a lot of teams in the National Football League don't do anymore, including yours, my good friend. But I'll we'll, I'll get well. Into there's that. a there's a difference between the quarterbacks we have where we don't need to run. That's what's eventually going to cost you down the road. I'm just going to point that out there. That's that's where I stand on that. But I'll get to that later on. Eventually, probably not even this episode. We'll see where the season goes. Um, the NFC, on my from my standpoint, I'm going to break down the divisions quickly. The fact that the Seattle Seahawks are top of the NFC West just goes to show how shit that division is right now. Okay, the champs are chumps. They're missing players. Matthew Stafford probably has like four injuries he's not telling anybody about. And even on top of that, he keeps throwing the ball to Cooper Cup and nobody else. If Odell Beckham Jr. does not resign with with the Rams, which he most likely will not, in my opinion, the Rams are like the Rams literally have no offensive weapons. Like they don't they don't utilize a running game because they Sean McVay either runs them into the ground to injury or he doesn't trust them. And that's just been the case in point of his tenure as head coach there. The Arizona Cardinals are there. I don't care that they beat the Saints. 
that's because the two pick sixes because Andy Dalton is is not. <laughs> a like Kingsbury is not a head coach, is not an NFL head coach. He needs to get fired at the end of the season. Kyler Kyler Murray is not a great quarterback. He's not even a very good quarterback. I would say he's a bang on average quarterback based on his, based on how he based on his style of play overall. Okay. The San Francisco 49ers, who I had coming out of the West, out of the West, and even coming out of the NFC, they don't look. They okay. I, I'm going to say this: using this, using talking about them now is a bad example. The Chiefs just made them look like shit, and the Chiefs are one of the best teams in the NFL. But still, you're three and four, and you're not even winning your own division in a shit show. The Seattle Seahawks are, with Geno Smith as their quarterback. So and the Seattle Seahawks are looking like geniuses in that Russell Wilson trade because well one Russ is cooked I know I'm not talking about the AFC yet and two Seattle like they actually look like they look like a they look like a pretty decent team for the most part like when they're on all cylinders I mean they went into SoFi Stadium and just smacked the shit out of the smacked the shit out of the Chargers on Sunday um going to the South. Um, my opinion, it's the Falcons division to lose at this I'm point. In, I'm in agreement there. I mean, the Buc- Tom Brady looks the gone. Bucks done. The Bucks, yeah, the Bucks are done. The Bucks are done. They're old. They're slow. They're terrible. They, they couldn't score a touchdown against the Panthers. No, they couldn't. Mike Evans dropped an easy one. And then they all just looked ejected after that. Rob Gronkowski is not coming back. I, I, I know that they lost three offensive linemen to injury and or retirement there but you got to replace you got to be able to replace Brady looks like a shell himself like it looks like his personal life is affecting his football life and I'm gonna be honest here like management of the team overall has just been terrible the Panthers are the Panthers like they're 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 a joke but the thing is though is like they they trade away their best player. They fired their head coach, and and look and all of a sudden they're finding a way to get something together. But we see that with all bad teams that do that. They're just trying to they're just trying to impress the interim, and then the they're Saints, just rallying together for their interim head coach, and that's it. Exactly. And the Saints, they're bad. Jameis Winston wasn't even their quarterback last on, on Thursday, and and they still have two pick sixes thrown. Because Andy Dalton's not any better. Um, looking ahead to the north, you've got one team that's five and one with Kirk Cousins as their quarterback, and then you have three of the oldest professional fran- franchises in all professional football who are in embarrassment right now. Two of the well, well, one of them is an embarrassment because the Lions teased everybody, including me. Um, the, Bear, the Bears suck. I don't even though they. I don't care to- about their win last night. They're still bad. Uh, they went into New England and kicked the shit out of them. They're still bad. And the Packers, well, the Packers, they're not good. This is what happens when you go and you let your uh, – you're the, probably the best wide receiver in the league go, and you don't bring in any – your replacement that you bring in for him is Sammy Watkins. Because I'm not going to lie. Like, I still think, like, Green Bay's defense, like, on paper should be good. Their defense is not good, though. Their defense is like the Bucks, terrible. I like. I, I'm going to say this about the Packers: the Packers can somehow still salvage their season. Oh yes, I firmly believe that. But the thing is, though, is like, I blame Aaron Rodgers. 
And the reason why I blame Aaron Rodgers is because he was not working with his new core of wide receivers like in the offseason. Instead, he was out on holiday with whoever the fuck he was. Um, he was on the Pat McAfee show as always. He was talking fucking he was he was talking nonsense with Joe Rogan and instead of instead of like working with his football team. Now I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers needs to go to OTAs and all that shit. He doesn't need to. But the thing is though is build chemistry with your guys. He does not do that. He doesn't. Another problem with the uh, with, uh, so uh, another problem with the Green Bay Packers is and this isn't Aaron Rodgers' fault. I'm blaming Aaron Rodgers to a point. I want to say that now. Well, I want to say that now. I'm blaming Matt LaFleur because he is not utilizing his running game. While and that's one of the teams that I wanted to go into about that. They have one of the best running back tandems in the league in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, and they do not utilize those two running backs. Aaron Jones is one of the best running backs in the league on his day. And A.J. Dillon is not a bad, is, is a very, very capable number two running back, and on some teams could probably be a running back one. But they don't utilize the run game. They rely too much on Rodgers throwing these ball, throwing these balls to these wide receivers that he has no chemistry with. And what's crazy about that is, I mean, even last year you look at this Green Bay team when they still have Devontae Adams, they were a more run-heavy team last year. Exactly. This year. And it makes no sense. They're going away from what worked for them for years. The Packers, as good as Aaron Rodgers is, they've always been a team that's been very sound defensively and can run the ball. And Aaron Rodgers will then go pick your defense apart from there because their running game is just getting, is allowing Aaron Rodgers to air the ball out. Exactly. Your defense, you always saw come up with big stops when needed. You're not getting that this year from them. No, no, you're not. The defense isn't doing its job. And because the defense isn't doing its job, like that's why they that's why Aaron Rodgers thinks he has to pass the ball all the time now. No, you're going away from what the Green Bay Packers stand for with running the ball. I mean, this is one I mean from a historical standpoint, this is one of the teams that prioritized running the ball back in the back in the 50s and in the 60s like in the, in the days of Lombardi. I mean, the man, that man used to teach coaching classes for 8 hours a day. And you know what he would talk about for 8 hours a day in those coaching classes? No. The power sweep, running the ball. It would be it would be eight hours nonstop. These coaching classes would be eight hours nonstop on running the football, not passing the football, running the ball. Because if you run the ball, you control. Because Lombardi knew if you ran the ball, you control. If you ran the ball, you controlled the clock. If you you control the clock, okay. The Packers aren't running the ball. They're not controlling the clock. The defense isn't getting anything done. They're a mess, but they can still salvage their season. Um, I think the, the defense, though, is finally realizing, like, why you go and re-sign a guy like Zadarius Smith, though. Yeah, they didn't want to keep him. That's on the front office. They couldn't, they couldn't afford him, which I get, but you don't go sell your soul for a 35-year-old quarterback with that much money when you should bring in a guy, you should re-sign a guy like Darius Smith, who openly stated he still wanted to be with the team, and yet you let him go to your rival. Yeah, you let him go to your rival, and he's helping the Vikings defense out. And part of the, and he's helping, and, and with his addition to the Vikings defense, that's part of the reason why they're 5-1 and one and in, control of the divi- in control of that division. It's not because of Kirk Cousins, let me tell you that. No. No, uh, Kirk Cousins is still 
Yeah, he's the guy that can win you games. And you have a running back like Dalvin Cook and a receiver like Justin Jefferson that makes Kirk Cousins look like a good quarterback. Exactly, exactly. Um, let's go to the East. The Eagles are still the only undefeated team in the league. They had a bye week. I'm not going to talk much about them. Is it? Like, I, can I? Can I still say I think they're a fraudulent six and zero team? Is, is that okay to say? Uh, not yet. Not until they not. Mm, let's see how. Let's see how long this goes for. I mean, if they, they I mean, could be if, like they could be like the COVID year. Steelers. In my opinion, they're like the could be like the COVID year Steelers, where you start your season at eleven and zero, and then fumble the division away, and shit the bed in playoffs. They could. I mean, they could. I mean, they could. It all depends. I mean, I I think they are. I I won't say they're a complete team. I mean, they're a very well-rounded team with their defense. Jalen Hurts has been playing out of his mind, and they're and again another team utilizing the running game. Like they're uh, another team utilizing their running backs. Yeah, like, this is it goes to show as well what a team like the Eagles can do when they do finally bring in AJ Brown as a wide receiver one. Exactly, and they have Devonta Smith to complement him as well. The second year, the second year wide receiver from Alabama there. So like the Eagles with the moves that they've made and what they've been doing like on the field as well. Like I'm not gonna call them frauds yet. Let's just see how this goes first. Um, because they've got Pittsburgh, they've got Pittsburgh coming up on Sunday. And while the Steelers aren't any good, I mean, with how the football has been this year, like who knows what can happen. Um, I'm not going to get into the commanders. They just, they, they just suck. Um, although Taylor Heineke probably should be their quarterback for the rest. Taylor Heineke is their quarterback for the rest of the season. So maybe he'll give them some hope because uh, I mean, Carson- now this goes, he's when Taylor Heineke's out there, this, it goes to show like Terry McLaurin, like finally got people are going to realize that he, Oh, he is still like a wide, a definite wide receiver one in this league. Yeah. Why did the, why, 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 why couldn't we have played the commanders? Uh, why couldn't we have played the commanders already before the, before the quarterback change happened? We, I would have much preferred Car- going up against Carson once and just, in, and just enjoying a nice off day from watching the giants there, knowing that we could have beaten them. But um, no, the commanders are still a joke. Nonetheless. I don't, I mean, they beat the Packers, but like the Packers aren't that good. I think they'll come back crashing to reality, though, eventually. Um, Cowboys. Beating Detroit. I mean, Detroit made it a game for the most part until they just, until they fumbled the ball on their own, like, on Dallas's, like, one-yard line, and that, and that turned the game on its head there, and all momentum went to the Cowboys there. Um, Dak Prescott did not look great in that win. Um, Ezekiel Elliott got me two touchdowns in my fantasy team, helped me to my uh, fantasy vic- team victory. So I'll take that there. Um, but I mean, the thing is, though, is like, you know, the Cowboys are the Cowboys. Relied heavily on their defense. Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons, to- defensive player of the year. Exactly. Trayvon Diggs had a pick in that game as well. And he hasn't, he hasn't looked, he hasn't looked terrible, like giving up all the pass yardage, yard, yard, passing yards against him. So that's always, that's a good thing there on that end. But no, the thing is though is like you know we'll see what happens. Like you said, I mean there's three, there's there may be three teams coming out of the NFC East in the playoffs, which nobody expected. One of them being the last team I'm going to talk about, my team, six and one, New York Giants. I mean, 
Brian Dable, coach of the year. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest here. I'm sick of everybody saying we're not good. We're frauds. Like we've beaten seven, we've beaten six fucking teams in the national football league. We beat the full, we beat last year's number one seeds in the AFC and in the NFC. We came back from behind and beat the Baltimore Ravens. A lot of people thought would go, we're going to, who, who a lot of people thought are going to win the NFC, NFC, the AFC North, and possibly could possibly go make somewhat of a run in the AFC playoffs, on, uh, in the playoffs on the AFC side there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We beat the Jag, we beat the Jaguars and it came down to the final seconds. It's not about how you win. It's about how many wins you have. The Giants have six. Nobody expected this. I didn't expect this. But because nobody expected this, it's like, well, where the fuck do they stand here? They're a good football team. Brian Dable has, and it comes down to the word culture. Brian Dable is establishing a culture within the team. Brian Dable is establishing a no-quit attitude within the team there. Okay? And the thing is, though, is like, even though the games are close, the team is having fun. Okay, Daniel Jones is showing emotion. Saquon Barkley is showing emotion and balling out at the same time there. Okay, a lot of people, there are people that are saying that, okay, Daniel Jones is not the guy still. But the thing is, though, is like idiots like Dan Orlovsky who get paid to talk on television shouldn't because he probably can't even name two of the wide receivers that the Giants have right now because – because Richie James is a no name. Richie James is a no name. Wandale Robinson is a rookie. Um, Darius Slayton is very inconsistent. And Daniel Bellinger popped a fucking eye socket and will probably be out for a while. We'll be out for a while there, sadly. Um, but the thing is, though, is like the defense is sound. Like they're doing their they're doing a great job too. Like. I mean, you've got playmakers, you've got people on the defensive side of the ball, you know, Xavier McKinney, Julian Love, um, Dar- Darnay Holmes, like in the in, in the secondary alone, like this team, this team's not, they're not frauds. They're not frauds. No, they're got, not frauds, but it, it, it's, um, it's interesting. It is because they're a question mark. Because, like you said, no one expected him to be here. I still would do have questions about Daniel Jones. I'm not going to lie about that because me and my friends had a conversation last night, um, talking about um, the uh, Patriot situation. Uh, we got on the topic of would you rather have Daniel Jones or Mac Jones as your quarterback? I'm curious to hear that from a uh, from a Giants fan standpoint because I kind of think those two quarterbacks are. Oh, it's similar, and I think Daniel Jones is more athletic because my friends said they'd rather have Mac Jones, and I, I said I'd rather have Daniel Jones based on his athleticism. I'd rather have Daniel Jones, the guy he can run the ball. The thing is, there is like with the proper call, like what sucks about Daniel Jones, and here's the thing: he's had he's had numerous head coaches and numerous offensive coordinators in his short time in the league. In fact, I think he like it's literally been almost a different head coach and different offensive coordinator almost every year at this point now. So like he has not so like he has had to learn how he has had to learn at least four different offenses and four different philosophies there. I think that I think that I think Daniel Jones right now is playing for a fran, playing to a franchise tag right now. I'm not saying they're going to lock him up. 
I say that he plays, uh, he gets a, I say he gets to play to a franchise tag where they keep him at least one more year and see if he can continue his progression. I will not take Mac Jones because I don't think Mac Jones is a good quarterback. Okay. Mac Jones played like dog shit against the Chicago Bears last night, who are bad. Okay, Daniel Jones didn't play uh, didn't play didn't play a great game against the Bears either when they played. I mean, that was actually a terrible game of, of football to watch from a football per, from a fan perspective. But the thing is though, is he still got the job done. He didn't get booed. He wasn't getting booed by the fans. He wasn't being called for ha- having his head called for. Okay? But Mac Jones honestly he's not good. Like he's not athletic. Okay, he he, he can't throw the ball downfield all that well, and his 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 ability to read his ability his ability to read the pocket to read his ability to like in the pocket and his ability to read downfield like I'm I'm sorry I'm not impressed. It's just because he came from Alabama that he gets all this hype, and he's not even the best quarterback to come, and he's not even the best quarterback out of the Alabama draft class. There's like two better, bought, two better quarterbacks well, than him. From Alabama, there are two better quarterbacks than him. One of them is in his own fucking division. Yep. And everybody keeps saying Tua's not good either, but I think Tua, I think Tua, like in the law, like in the law, like in the long run, Tua may be better. Tua may be better primed for success, and barring barring injury history, of course. But that's a side that's a conversation for later on there. But I'm taking Daniel Jones, and I'm saying that he's playing towards a franchise tag right now. Like if they're not going, they're probably not going to lock him up. At the end of the season, they're, they're they, what I'm saying. At the end of the season, make the playoffs, don't make the playoffs, whatever the hell happens. They're gonna sit down, they're gonna evaluate everything, and I think they'll give them the tag. And then next year will be the second year with this with this coach, with this offensive coordinator, and then they'll see what he can do. Yeah, I think you give him. If I'm you guys, I give him one more year under under Dayball. But also, if I'm if I'm New York this year, I'm also looking at this quarterback draft class. And this is a very, very strong draft class coming out. In my opinion, I'm not even worried about quarterback. Not well, especially you guys with your guys record right now, you guys aren't going to be drafting high. No, we're not going to be drafting high. I mean, if we make the playoffs, if we make the play, if we continue the run we're on and make the playoffs, we're going to be drafting outside. Of, we're going to be drafting outside of the top 15. Yeah. So like, and all the top quarterbacks are going to be gone. I think at this point, I think from a standpoint here, they need to fix the wide receivers, the wide receiver room. Yeah. In, in terms of not necessarily replacing the no-name receivers, because because the no-name receivers have been doing have been doing adequate job here. Yeah, I like Kadarius Tony, but he hasn't. He hasn't played. He hasn't he's, played. Been he's been injured. Like I like. I think he could be your wide receiver too when healthy. Yeah, he could be our wide receiver too when healthy. They do need to find somebody to be a wide receiver one though. Kenny Galladay's also injured, but Dable hasn't been playing him when he was healthy. In fact, I don't think Dable likes the guy to be honest because that was a, that was the move that was made under the old Gettleman regime, and which I loved at the time. I loved how. I, I loved it because of what he was doing in Detroit, but now it's looking like a huge bust. And what sucks is that like, we like, what sucks is that like, because we have, like we have our no name receivers because of injuries, like K- 
Kenny Galladay, okay, he hasn't been playing anyways, but he's injured. Kadarius Toney, like, wasn't playing, but he's also injured. We also lost Sterling Shepard to a torn ACL, and what sucks is the guy's probably going to be the guy. He he probably is never going to suit up for the New York Giants again. Mm, you're probably I, right. What I would love, and this is probably not going to happen, bring him back. You know who I'm talking about. Bring him back. It's probably not going to happen. I don't think I don't think OBJ wants to go back there. See, here's the thing. The old regime is gone. The team is not terrible, and Odell Beckham Jr. has a lot of friends still in that organization. Yes, but if also if I'm OBJ just signing a one-year contract, come when I'm healthy. He already has a ring. Who gives? He already has a ring. Why not go get two and then go get paid next year? I I don't I see, not not because I'm a Bills fan. I want him. I don't see him making that his landing spot just based on the fact that Daniel Jones is still what he is. Uh, yes, maybe you bring OBJ there and makes a hell of a difference. I don't think OBJ like. I don't, I don't see I, I I don't see a possible fit. There. 99.999% not going to sign with the New York Giants. But I mean the thing is though is from my standpoint it makes sense. like I get it. I I get where you're coming from because it makes sense. I just don't see it happening. No, it's probably not. Cuz that then if that happens for you guys then you get a solidified receiver one. You now have a real chance to win the NFC East because I still think the Eagles are overhyped you want my honest opinion here and i'm gonna fucking and i'm fucking drinking the kool-aid at this point here if odell beckham jr were to sign with the new york giants at the beginning of november which is when everybody keeps saying that he's going to sign a contract with somebody not only would the new york giants win the nfc east based on having based on with him based on having him based on saquon based on the defense they could make a deep run into the playoff in the playoffs in the NFC based on how the current based on how based on the current projections of everybody else. I think you guys, even without Odell, make a deep playoff run. Yes, but Odell puts us over the top. You Odell puts you guys over the hump. Yes, I agree with I'm you. not saying we're going to the fucking Super Bowl. That's probably not gonna happen. But the thing is like I, I, that's probably not gonna happen. That probably won't happen like if we bring Odell back. But the thing is, though, is like, if we bring Odell back, and I'm saying it again, I'm saying it's not going to happen. It's not. This is me living in fantasy land. NFC East champions, deep run in the playoffs. Fuck your boat picture. That's why. <laughs> that's why he comes back to say to hell with you and your fucking boat picture, and to hell with the media, and to hell with what everybody thinks. That's why he comes back. You're real in on this Kool-Aid, aren't you? Also, I just kind of want to laugh at everybody. Also, also, there are some fucking homers that I, if Odell Beckham Jr. didn't sign with the team down, down, down the 90 and down the 190 or the 219. You the only New York team? There are some homers that I would just love to hear to see tweet and complain and bitch and moan. Oh, how come he didn't want to sign with Josh Allen? How come he didn't want to sign with Stephon Diggs? How come he chose Daniel Jones? Well, also, I- I'm kind of out on 
as much as I love Odell, I don't see. I'm not talking about you, by the way. Although I would say ha 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 to you, I will admit that. No, I know, I, I know, I know, I know what you're talking about. Um, but no, I I don't see it because if I'm the Bills, it's like well, he would have to come in and play in the slot, which he is not a slot receiver. And you have Isaiah McKenzie for that. Uh, we have Isaiah Hodges for that. I'm Isaiah Hodges for that too. I'm so. out on. I'm out on the whole McKenzie thing. He hasn't shown me much this year. If I'm being honest, or um, yeah, if we're being honest, or sorry, I'm at Khalil Shakir, not Isaiah Hodgins for the um receiver. Sorry, okay. Well, I was still on the Isaiah McKenzie hype train myself, honestly. So yeah, I I'm kind of out on just based on like what we have seen this year and like crucial drops. Like thankfully, like we have been able to blow teams out, but. There's just been crucial drops and mistakes at like some like the beginning of the Chiefs game on that lateral and stuff. It's like, well, you can't be having this come playoff time. No, you can't. The only good thing is is that like you control your own destiny there. So we'll switch to the AFC and we'll stick on the East Coast. Um, New England, they lost to the Bears. Their season is done for. I don't give a fuck. Jesus Christ could come in. Jesus Christ himself could walk into one Patriot place. Tomorrow morning, saving <laughs> their season. He's not. They're done for. They're toast. Belichick, average coach at best at this point. Um, Patriots- Belichick's finally realizing what he had in Brady, and now you see what happens when you let a great offensive-minded coach go and Josh McDaniels. It just well, that's what. And then you decide to let Matt Patricia and Joe Judge call your offense. Yeah, this is what happens. Like you realize that you're not invincible. Um, also on the East Coast, though, going switching down south, the Dolphins aren't making the playoffs. They're not? No. I am very out. Are you on the Jets Kool-Aid? Huh? Are you on the Jets Kool-Aid thinking that they're back? No, no. I am on other teams. Don't tell me you have three teams. Okay, so if the Dolphins don't make the playoffs. like No, means- they would. That means only the Bills would come out of the East. So what are you? Are you? Do you think that one of the five hundred or worst teams in the North and West would come and make a surprise run, or even the South? There's a one team that I'm still looking at in the AFC West that I do not think is a two and four football team. I have been down on this team a lot. Let's go! And I'm finally hopping on your Raiders train. They are Let's not. Oh, I get. Daniels up. needs to figure it out. But this team, with this offense they have, you look at the defense, it's like, well, they should be winning a lot of games. You have Josh Jacobs, who is a great running back. You have Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro as your wide receiving tandem. Um, Derek Carr is very still – I've never been one for Derek Carr. I might have said on the podcast. I I can't recall, but I don't think I ever centered Derek Carr that much because I think he is a decent quarterback. Yeah. No, you've never said you've never you've never said anything bad about Derek Carr, I should say. Um, no, and you're also forgetting Darren Waller as well, who like on his day is like a top five tight end in the league. Yes. Sorry, yes he is. And I I am not and I'm just like so out on like what I saw the Dolphins were when two was injured. I get Tua makes it a different story. But those three losses in a row without Tua just make you Made me have real question marks because 
Oh, go ahead, sorry. Because you go barely beat the Steelers on Sunday Night Football in another shit game where Kenny Pickett had to throw three interceptions for you guys to pull that game out. The Dolphins should have lost that game. He threw a, he threw interception. He threw four picks. And the only reason why they weren't picks is because the Steelers can't catch can't catch a football yeah. on defense. The Steelers had four interceptions drop and drop from their hands, which completely would have turned the game on its head. Yeah. Like Tua, honestly, like uh like I don't know. Tua Tua with those passes like that could like if 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 any of those are is an interception, the, the game changes. Mike McDaniel not taking the points and go I like I, I I'm sorry. I I I'm sorry. I'm sick and tired of coaches like deep in the red zone not fucking taking the points and putting trust in your kickers. I'm really sorry. I'm really fucking sick and tired of it at this point. Like it's fucking football. If you take the points, you go up 19 to 10. That means it's a two possession game. That means Pittsburgh has to score a touchdown and a field goal to win the game. And based on how their offense was going, it wasn't happening. No, instead you fuck. Instead you try to go for it. You, you instead you try to go for it, and a shit play happens. The Steelers take over on downs, and then of course later on in the game, the Steelers have a chance to drive down the field. And yeah, they and yeah they all and okay, Kenny Pickett threw a bad ball to end the game there. But the thing is though, it shouldn't have come down to that. It shouldn't have. The Dolphins, the Dolphins fucked up on that one play. They got lucky with it. The Steelers had so many missed opportunities with their uh, with their dropped interceptions. That was that's another example of a bad game of football right there. Yeah, which we have seen a lot this season, unless you're watching the Chiefs or the Bills play. Hey, 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 hey. I'm, uh, I'm no, not I'm wrong, but no, I am out. I'm 100 percent out from what I saw against. I was going to joke. I was going to joke and uh, I was going to joke and talk and uh, say the Cowboys. Um, uh, but <laughs> uh, but uh, you can just watch Stephen A. Smith and understand like what's happening with their season. Yeah, but no, I'm out on the Dolphins. I I don't think like just from what I saw in that Steelers game and then those three losses back to back to back after their Week Three Super Bowl. I'm just like, well, where can your team go from here? I'm like, yes, you have Tua and Jalen Waddle, but guess or um. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, sorry. But I don't I don't see if what I want to happen happens, the Dolphins won't make the Super Bowl or not the Super Bowl playoffs. But if Vegas doesn't turn it on, then you have to get the Dolphins into playoffs, unfortunately, just based on the fact that how worse like the bottom feeder teams are in this league. Yeah, because in the conference at least. Yeah, because yeah. if they so it's like the South is terrible. Um, Titans are winning the South right now, right? Yeah, Titans are four and two, and then Indianapolis is behind them at three and three. And Indianapolis is now switching, giving the reins over to Sam Ellinger. Yes, they are. Um, uh, uh, yeah, no, the Jags and the Texans suck. Uh, so normal business resumes in that division. Um, I think it's back to Tennessee's division to lose at this point. Yeah, it um, has to be at this point. Just, there's, I don't see anyone overtaking them just in that. In the AFC South, it looks impossible. Also, a um, process on the Colts is that I think Frank Reich doesn't make it past the bye week at this point. Because I think the, Reich still goes the whole season. I will see what happens there. Because the thing is, though, is like uh, I'm not blaming Frank Reich for how the season is. I'm blaming upper management because I'm going to say this: Andrew Luck's retirement completely fucked everything. You had a gen- you had. 
who was supposed to you had a guy who was supposed to be your quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years after the retirement while while not retirement but um free agency letting the trade of trade free agency letting go i can't remember what happened there but you after after one of the greatest ever played a game left your franchise luck was that guy to replace Peyton Manning and he was your next quarterback for the for the next 10 to 15 years for that franchise there him retiring at that at the at the age of 29 completely derailed that franchise because nobody like they were not prepared like they were not prepared for that at all and then after that they just have been right like they've gone through the motions with the quarterbacks like is Jacoby Brissett Philip Rivers Carson Wentz not Ryan who's now benched. I don't think that Matt Ryan being benched like came from Frank Reich. I think this came from Jim Ursay because I think Jim Ursay is pissed off that the team had got, because I think Jim Ursay is pissed off with how the team is on paper, that they're not doing like what they should be doing in terms of winning the division and trying to get somewhere in the playoffs. And it also doesn't help. Jonathan Taylor has been an average running back this year. Jonathan Taylor had a once in a once in a like once in a decade season, like Chris Johnson had all those years ago, and it turns out that Jonathan Taylor is just an average running back. Yep. Um, it had everyone that took him one of one in their fantasy draft. I'm glad I did not take him. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty content with my running back tandems. Uh, my running back three, my running back trio of. Ramondre Stevenson, Ezekiel Elliott, and DeAndre Swift. I'm perfectly fine with that because hey, I'm I'm four and three in my fantasy league right now, and I I'm not complaining. Um, but no, I think that the Colts like got de- have been derailed ever since that. The quarterback situation definitely has not been ideal, and just relying on the recycling and revolving door of these old men who. Couldn't get it done. Um, is they're fi- they're finally realizing that it can't work for them. Sam Ellinger, like uh, like it, we'll see what Sam Ellinger do- Ellinger does. We'll see what happens. Like I I I hope the kid does well. Like I hope he re- I really hope he does because like I don't want the Colts to like actually like just be I don't want the Colts to be stuck in this never ending purgatory. Mainly because I don't think the Titans are good enough to win the division. I think the Colts were a better team in my opinion there on paper at least. Um, but I think that, I think Jim Mercer is in control now. I think like what he, I think he's talk. I think he's like literally like on top of everything. No pun intended there or dirty pun intended at all. Um, he's making the decisions. He's telling Frank Reich what to do. And if Frank Reich doesn't get the job, like if Frank Reich, like can't get this team, like off the rail, like back on the, back on the track. I don't, I think he may be gone before the season ends. And again, I'm not saying that's his fault. I just think that Jim Mercer is sick and tired of everything at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to be, especially you look over the past few seasons now. It's just been real, like, mediocrity. I mean, two years ago, going, making the playoffs and then losing and the wild card to Buffalo last week or last the- year, missing out on playoffs because of a loss to the – Jags. Two win Jaguars, whatever they finish with. Yeah, they finished with like three wins that year uh, last season. And now Matt Ryan can't get the job done. Remember, Rivers almost won that game too against the Bills. Yeah. That was a game that the Colts actually probably could have won. And 
who knows if Philip Rivers de- doesn't? Re- who knows if Philip? Re- who knows if Philip Rivers? Re- I mean, he probably would have retired at the end of the season, regardless of winning or losing that game. But the thing is, though, is may like you know, I don't want like maybe, maybe not, maybe, maybe if they went on a deeper run, it would have helped them. Maybe would have stayed for at least one more year. But again, like who not like who knows because that happened so long ago now. Yeah. Um, the North. I want to go to the North before I go back. We go back to the West. The Bengals are back. It's their division to lose. I told you. I told you all. I told you all. I told you all. The Ravens are frauds. I don't care to beat the Browns. They're yeah, fra- I was going to say the Ravens aren't. They blew it against. They blew it against the Giants. Yeah, I don't. I don't see how people look at this team still and say, yes, Lamar was having a great season. Lamar this, defense, had a, this defense, lets, Lamar had a great first four weeks. Lamar had a first great two and a half, three and a half. Well, three and a half, like three, a first like great, a first like great two game, two of two or three, three games. And then like a half of two games. Yeah. He looked like he shit. looked, he looked like shit against uh, in a win against Cincinnati. He looked like shit in the second half against Buffalo, and he looked like shit again in the second half against the Giants. Yeah. Fumble, force, fumble, for, uh, fumbles, lost, and interceptions galore. Thank you, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau and Julian Love. I love, I no pun intended. I love you guys. I'm with you that this is definitely now the Bengals division to lose, but also this Bengals team still has so many question marks. I mean, you got to figure out that offensive line. Um, They're doing a better job as of late. Yes. But they're also not seen, up until this last week have not seemed to be able to get Jamar Chase open. I don't know whether like if it was Burrow is not going to him or what. But that is a man who's a game changer right there. And you know, Tyler to... Boyd was open and had two touchdowns and had over 150 yards receiving in that game in that game against the Falcons. Yeah. So what's good about Chase not being open is Burrow's throwing to his other receivers, and the Bengals have more than one healthy, capable receiver to throw the ball to. Yeah. Whereas, whereas the Ravens have no. Whereas the Ravens only rely on throwing to Mark Andrews. Yeah, I mean, the first couple of weeks I would throw to Bateman, but he's just non-existent anymore. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's non-existent anymore. Yeah, I don't With, care. I don't care. You go and beat the Browns. The Browns are not a good team. No, the Browns are not. Browns a good... are if the Browns can kind of sit where they're at right now. Um, when you bring back Deshaun Watson, I think you have more of a chance. But right now, if I'm the Browns, I'm just hoping to float right around 500 until um, Deshaun Watson comes back. Yeah, Deshaun. You Watson. have to go. I know the Browns are two and five right now. You need to when he comes back. What week 11? Yeah, you need to win your next three games, which probably won't happen. Looking at the schedule. Exactly. No, the Browns are done for, in my honest opinion. The Browns and the same with the Steelers. Like they're not good. We knew that. We knew that how long ago now, though. Um, so like, uh, we don't need to go much into that. Into that point. So the thing is, there is like, okay, I want to go into this now here for you before we go to the West. Well, actually, no, we are going to go to the West. So okay. Kansas City is Kansas City. I mean, yeah, they lost to Buffalo a couple weeks ago, but they bounced back, kicked the shit out of the Niners. The Chargers, they got their asses kicked by the Seahawks, which completely surprised me. Completely surprised me. Then you have – then you okay, the Broncos are the Broncos. Their defense – 
They their their defense their defense is good. Their offense is shit. Russ is cooked. I'm not going into them anymore because I don't think he again. I, <clears throat> I, I, I'm just looking. I, I'm just looking like a genius, saying he's not an all-time great. Okay, I'm. I, I'm. T- I, I, I'm saying he's cooked all along, and sometimes I'm right about these things. Sometimes I'm right about these things. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, the Raiders, they, they, they bitch slapped the Texans. I mean, expected there. They're two and four. They, they're not. They're not a two and four team on paper, though. Um, I'm yet to go back on the train. I want to see like what they do now. I. I want to see like what they do next week, like what they do next week. Uh, well, on Sunday, I should say. In fact, I don't even know who they play on Sunday. Who do they play? Who? The Raiders. The Raiders on Sunday. Don't they have to play the um? Aren't they? No, the Saints this week. Saints. Okay, that should be a win. That should be a win. The Saints are dog shit. Saints. Yeah, Saints are done. The Saints are done. The Saints are dog. Uh, I, right now, if I'm the Raiders, like, if you could just turn things up just a little bit, you have a very promising schedule for through your next four games where you could get your team right back on track to what people thought you were going to be. Exactly. Exactly. Who are their next four games even? Um, They got the Saints this week. Then they got the Jaguars. <laughs> then they play the Colts. <laughs> and then they see the Broncos for the second time this year. <laughs> so they should win four games. Yes, if you want to be a playoff team, and which I think I'm, I still think you can be. You need to win these four at least, and get yourself I mean, get yourself up to six and four going going into week eleven. It would be their yes. They would play the Chiefs eventually at some point. The last game of the season. Ah, okay. So they don't have to worry about the Chiefs again until week eighteen. Cool. Cool. I like that. Um, we'll see what happens in over the next couple of weeks. I gave up on them after like their horrendous start to the season, especially capitulating against Arizona, which completely pissed me off from a standpoint there. Cause I don't think the Cardinals are good. Um, we'll see what happens. I'll go back on the train. So let me ask you this. If you don't have the dolphins making the playoffs, I want to know. I want to know something here. So you have three teams out of the AFC. So you have three teams out of the AFC West, one out of the East, one out of the South, and then who out of the North? The North. I am out of the North. You you had to go Bengals, Ravens, and then the South would be South would be Titans, and then you would take the Bills, and then you would take. Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders. Yeah. See, if Brees Hall didn't tear his fucking ACL, I think maybe the Jets would have had a chance to, like, actually fuck. See, I'm not. Their Jets defense is good. I'll I say it. I don't think the Chargers. You're going to. I'm not convinced of the Chargers at this point right now. I don't think the Chargers can I, I, like unless they all unless they can turn things around quick. I don't think the, the Chargers are always going to be the Chargers, no matter what you have there. They're they're stuck in that fucking purgatory. Like I can't trust them. Okay, I can't. I cannot trust that team. Brandon Staley is an idiot of a head coach who is too who is too aggressive. I've said that time and time again. Um, 
And I think it's time that we start talking about how just Justin Herbert is underachieving with who, with his team, with who he has on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, you've got Keen, I mean, you've got Keenan Allen, like you've got Austin Eckler. Um, oh, who's the other wide receiver that they have? Who? Um, the Chargers. Uh, Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Yeah, you got Mike Williams. Yeah, like you've got Mike Williams. You've got Keenan Allen. You've got Austin Eckler. Like, um, you know, like I think it's time we start talking about how Justin Herbert's underachieving. Like everybody talks about how great he is and what and 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 all the great things that he can do and everything, but like, what have the Chargers done? Like they didn't make the playoffs last season. Because well, okay, that was their head coach. That was their head coach being fucking stupid. But they like with what he has there, like that, like okay, yeah, okay, he's injured. But like, I'm tired. Like, I, I I'm not like, I'm I'm gonna say it. Like, actually, fuck it. I'm gonna say it right now. I'm not fucking impressed with them. I'm not. Okay, yeah, he got injured against the Chiefs and everything. But the thing is, though, is, like, looking at it from a long-term perspective, like, anything, like, he has not done anything to actually, like, impress me to, like, get the Chargers over the hump. I'm not saying that he's, the, I'm not saying that he's the guy, like, they need to cut their losses with him. But I mean, I'm he's saying- third right now in the league in passing yards. How, I'm not putting it on him. I'm not saying that I'm not putting it on him. I'm just saying that, like, you know, I think we need to rate him better. I think I'm just saying he's a little like I think he's not rated like I think he's a little overrated, like not completely overrated right now. But I think he's a little like his rate, like the rating of him, like, you know, if we're going to praise him, start to critique him as well. Like, I'm not saying it's completely on him at all. No, because I mean, you look and when has that team been fully healthy for a game? I'm not saying about this season in general. Yeah. I'm saying about the talent. I'm I'm just saying overall. No, I no, I, I get what you're saying, but I, I I'm not sold on it because this team just hasn't been healthy. And I think once they can, if they're able to get healthy before the end of the season, I think we'll see this team come to fruition of what they should be. Even with what they have, like when they're not healthy, I mean, yeah, they just lost JC Jackson for the for the rest of the year, but he hasn't done anything to impress me anyways. I think Belichick I think Belichick pulled a fucking fast one letting him go in free agency, to be honest. Um But from a standpoint there, like I mean, like if the Chargers continue like this up and down roller coaster of a season, I think the Jets I think the Jets take their playoff spot. I think the Jets could take that playoff spot as well, but I'm also then you think Miami makes the playoffs, and if you're not putting the Chargers in, no, I just have the Jets taking the Chargers spot. I still have the. I would then have the Raiders in. Like I said, okay. give it a, like I said, give it a couple weeks. I just have like give. I like right now. I'm going to agree with you for the most part. I'm fifty fifty like on the Raiders. Give it a couple weeks there, but like, uh, again, the Jets just take the Chargers spot. Yeah, I mean, I think, you look at this Jets team, and it's like you go through the losses. Like, there's not. Look at their or you look at their wins and you you look at you like there's no really bad wins in here like especially for what this team should be they're kind of sitting where where the Giants are right now it's like well they're just kind of doing everything right I mean you got a rookie cornerback Sauce Gardner who looks like like you can't throw on the kid no you can't throw on the kid I mean I mean what sucks is that Brees Hall tore his ACL and the that, that kid was a stud yes. 
Like, well, that's what sucks. I mean, they just traded for James Robinson, though, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah, it's that's tough to – but, I mean, you still have – I like Michael Carter. Um, I don't know if James Robinson is the answer, but I, he's also, like, you trade for him because you don't want Michael Carter being your number one. Exactly. You're going to use a tandem now. Yeah, exactly. And now you look at – like, I'm I'm a firm believer in Garrett Wilson still. I think he is going to be a stud in the NFL one day. And you still got – who's your, oh, Corey Davis. Who's a receiver one? And it's like, well, they're kind of doing everything right right now. Like Zach Wilson has not been impressive, but he hasn't been horrendous. Exactly. Exactly there. Um, but no, that's where I stand on both the, on both sides there. Um, looking ahead to the games this week, there's only one matchup in the entire league in week eight. That has both that features two teams over 500. Do you know what that matchup is? That matchup would be over 500. That's um, both Seattle, teams. Los Angeles. Who does Seattle play? The Chargers. No. Oh, I'm still on week. Sorry, I'm on week seven still. Hey, I'm week seven. Let me go to week eight. Let me look through the schedule real fast. I wanted you to guess and not look at the schedule. Oh. Oh, is it fucking Seattle? Yeah. Fucking you guys, isn't it? Yes. Flex us to prime time, you fucking cowards. Nobody wants to see a fucking, nobody wants to see fucking Aaron Rodgers and his bullshit on, in fucking prime time. Nobody wants to see that. Oh, I'm actually kind of nervous for this game. <laughs> this seems like the letdown spot. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm not confident going into Seattle. Because of that win against the Chargers, but they also have DK Metcalf, who's out for two to who's out for two to four weeks there. So we're not going to be dealing with him. But the Seahawks are not a terrible team. Their their record says otherwise, but they're not terrible. They're competent. I think this is going to be a gritty game. Remember how we went up there? I'll get into that game later uh, after this. Remember how we went up there a couple of years ago, the COVID season, and we had Colt McCoy as our backup, yeah. and we had, and we ended up field going them to death. Yes. And we won that game. That's how this game. That's how that game's gonna go. That's how that game's gonna go. It's gonna be defense. And I, I think we come out on top, because I'm, I'm, I'm in the Kool Aid now. I'm fully in the Kool Aid. Seven and one. I will be. Ha- I will take that. I think we can beat Seattle. You may not agree with me there. I don't know if you want to agree with me as my friend. If you want to tell me I'm wrong, go right ahead. But that's where I stand. No, I think you guys could beat Seattle. I think you guys go up there. I don't know how the game's going to go, how you think it is. But I, I there is a route for you to beat them. I mean, yes, I, Daniel Smith has been having a great season. I think that's the route we beat Seattle. I think it's defense and field going them to death. I think it's more defense and it's going to be like a 14-7 to 7 game, something like that. That's why I said field goal them to death because like it'd be like a fucking 15-10 to 10 game or whatever. Okay. It's good. It's gonna be one of those games, um, and then seven and one, and then like you know, just move on, and it's whatever. There, we'll go, we'll go into the Bills because uh, the Thursday night game. Um, I don't want to talk about Lamar. The the Lamar like Lamar. Um, if the Bucks win, if the Bucks somehow beat Lamar and the Ravens, I'm gonna fucking laugh my ass off completely. To be honest, because the Bucks are bad. Um, the Ravens defense is terrible, but the Bucks offense is worse. Um, so I'm not going to go into that there Sunday night. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm taking the Packers. 
I sound crazy for saying this, but Aaron Rodgers said it best in his press conference, post-game press conference. We're going to be on national TV. We're going to go up to Buffalo. We get a chance to be exposed. They have not, they have not, the, they literally have nothing and everything to lose at the same time. They have everything to lose because if they lose this game against Buffalo and in bad fashion too, the media is going to have a field day with that. Monday morning, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to turn on ESPN and I'm going to have to fuck and they're, and they're going to be talking about how the Packers season is over and everything there. If the Packers win though, then the narrative completely changes and everybody's talking about how the Packers could rejuvenate their season. I'm taking the Packers in this game. I think this is the game the Packers finally go back to running the football. I think this is the game that the Packers go back to running the football. And while the defense, like, is, like while the defense hasn't been great, I think it's going to be like, I think it's going to be like the Chiefs game. I think it's going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be heavily defensive. I don't think the offenses will get anything going for the most part. Also, it's going to be cold. It's also it's going to also it's going to be a cold Sunday night in Western New York in October at the end of October. November is coming. The weather like the pa- the Packers and Bills are two teams that know how to play in this weather, and it's not passing the ball; it's running the ball. Although one team will run the ball more than the other. Um. Yes, I don't. I don't see. I think if Green Bay wins this game, it's not because they run us over. We have already played great running teams this year. We shut down the Ravens' run game, basically. We shut down Derrick Henry. I think if you guys lose, it's going to come down to the fact that you. That I think it's going to come down to the fact that the like, uh, it's going. It's this is going to sound like a this is going to sound like a typical Homer fan excuse. The bye week, coming off like you had momentum. Go, you had momentum coming off that win against Kansas City, but you go, you went into the bye week. There's one thing that is certain under McDermott and Bean, though. They this team is undefeated coming off a of bye week since these two have been in. Really? I didn't know that. Though. Yes. We have not lost a game after a bye week since these two came in. Oh. I think we're 6-5-0, and 6-0, and oh, oh, whatever it is. And oh. this team always, always after a bye so how, week comes to play. So how do you guys lose this that game then? If it's not because of the Packers finally running the ball with Aaron Jones and Dylan, and if it's not coming off of the bye week with a, with that Homer like excuse that I just came up with, Aaron Rodgers somehow finds a way to make our young corners finally look like they're rookie corners. They have not yet this season. That's the only way. Our rush defense has been so much better than years past. We have not been being ran over by teams that you would think. Would run us over. Aaron Rodgers would have to go pick apart our secondary, which that means the wide receiver is going to have to be competent. Also, though, Trey White might be back this game. I don't know how much time he'll see. There's been no word on him yet if he'll play or not. But like I said, our corner, like we have young corner. I mean, Teron Johnson, but but then you have uh, Christian Benford lining up with him and. Um, Yeah, I mean, my thought process is this. This is a trap game for you guys. Oh, 100%. This is a trap game. And Kyrie, and that's the other person I was thinking about. Because if they, yeah, because the thing is there is that, like, I don't care about the one loss. The Buffalo Bills are the best team in football right now. The Green Bay Packers are not a good football team. But I think this is, like, this is a tra- This is the game where the Packers can salvage their season. If they come into Buffalo... Sunday night football, 
and beat the Bills. They will find a way to get into the playoffs after that. They'll just momentum from that. I agree with that. Like you said, this is a trap game, but then you also look at our three big kind of like prime time games this season. We go kill the Rams. We go kill the Titans. Then uh, two weeks ago against the Chiefs in America's game of the week, we finally get over that 13 second narrative, but that still, that won't matter till playoff comes. That's not we have shown up. We have shown up when it mattered so far this season. The lights are going to be bright because Aaron Rodgers coming to Buffalo. We're coming off a bye week. I don't, we don't lose this game. I, I am nervous for it, but we don't lose this game. I'm taking the Packers. I just want chaos. That's why. I'm sorry. Nothing against the team. Nothing against the team. I just want chaos at this point. Well, especially I- with how this team, I think that one loss, honestly, for this team wasn't enough. Like that loss to the Dolphins really kind of gave everyone like a punch in the mouth and said, okay, like we are beatable. And everyone just kind of has locked down since. You're not wrong there. I just want chaos. The only the only thing is, though, is like I do want you guys to win because that'll help me as a Giants fan. Like, you know, make give, give me more hope we can make the playoffs because that takes away a perennial, uh, a, a supposed perennial NFC power. Yeah. So, like, that would be great there. But at the same time, like, I have been told that the Giants haven't played a real team and the Giants beat the Packers. And, you know, if the Bills lose to the Packers, I could just go back and say, hey, did we beat a real team now? <laughs> so, like, I have per- I, I have a small personal joking vendetta there at this point, too. But at the same time, like I said, from a logical standpoint, trap game, we'll see what happens. Um, the Packers can still somehow salvage their if the pa- If the Packers salvage their season, this is where they start, too. Because when's the, ne- when's the next time they play the Lions and the Bears? That's why. Like week twelve, like no, not week twelve. That's good. But like the they play the Lions and Bears again, probably like week fifteen and sixteen. That's too fucking late. What was that? When do they play the Lions again? Who the Packers? Yes. They play them. Week nine. Oh, so the week after. Yeah. Oh, so okay, maybe they could if the if they lose to the Bills, then they can still salvage their season by beating beating the shit out of the Lions and then going from there. <laughs> um, I thought they played like further on down the road. I knew they played the Bears like week sixteen again or something like that. That's why. Um, but um, uh, no trap game. We'll see what happens there. I I am taking the Packers. Um, honestly, those are the, you know from a bias standpoint, those are the only two games I'm really interested in. Um, the Niners play the Rams. I think no, the Niners play the Rams again. I think this week. Yes, Niners should win that game. They own the Rams in a regular season. I am curious to see if this Jets team is for real or not when they play New England. I think the Jets will beat New England. This is a game where now you can like either if the Jets become six and two and beat. New England, then you kind of look at them as like, oh, and then I think, I think they would to go up to, if they win and the Bills lose. I think the Jets go top of the AFC East because they would have now two divisional wins to the Bills one. Oh shit! But Buffalo's not losing. Taking the Packers, we'll see what happens. Again, only taking them for trap game purpose for trap game purposes. If you're that confident, why don't you go bet on them? 
I made a 10 game hockey parlay that I have no clue what the fuck I even did. Um, <laughs> so I'm either going to lose $5 or somehow going to walk away with God knows how much fucking money. Although my bet's not looking good right now because I do remember taking the Rangers against the Avs just because I wanted to see it just because I, I thought the Rangers could do something and they're losing already. <sighs> nah, I'm not talking. No, I'm not betting on Bill's games again this season. Every time the bo- bo- every time I bet on every time I made parlays on the Bills game, I came up one thing. I I came up one thing short. Week one it was week one it was the field goals with Bass, and then week two it was the uh, McKenzie receiving yards. Oh yeah, all because they decided to put the backups in for the entire fourth quarter. They could have thrown the ball one more time to him. All I needed was four yards. Fuck that shit. <laughs> If it wasn't for the fact the Giants were four, honest to God, if it wasn't for the fact that the Giants are six and one, and my fantasy team's doing actually pretty decent, I would not give a fuck about the NFL right now. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. It's been a very boring season. It's been a very bad season. Although I will say this, I'm enjoying laughing at the Bucks. It is nice to see Tom Brady's time finally come to an end for good. Dude just stayed retired and say he decided to ruin his personal life. Uh, to each his own. Yeah, to each their own. Exactly. All right, let's go into hockey. Um, I want to rank the retros first, and then we can touch on our say. Touch on it. Actually, no. Let's touch on the Sabres, and then we'll rank the retros because I feel like that'll take up more time. Um, best team in Buffalo. Off to a great start. Uh, they swept in Western Canada. Take uh, beating the beating our Stanley Cup Oilers. Manhandling. They didn't sweep it. They still got to Seattle tonight. I said Western Canada they swept. Oh, Western Canada, yes. They swept Western Canada, could sweep the Pacific Northwest tonight. They beat Edmonton. They manhandled Calgary, and uh, they kept the Canucks winless. Um, Great start to the season. J.J. Paterka is a fucking dog. Um, Alex Took scoring his first career Hattie. I mean, this team... I'm loving what this team is doing right now. I mean, you know, it's an it's it's literally like a really really early start to the season, but I feel like what this team is doing could be something very special come uh come, come like later on in the season and you know I yeah, you see my tweets. Warpath baby, it's opening up. I have one concern so far from what I've seen this year. Defense not tightening up. Yeah, because you saw it in well, I mean, you saw it games really 1 through 4. Even though they did go three and one in the first four, you can't give up that many shots. Comrie stood on his head against the Oilers for us. Comrie or Anderson had to stand on his head against the um, Senators, and then um, Comrie had to stand on his head against the Flames as well. Yes, the Sabers did win those games by they beat the Flames by three goals with an empty netter. They beat the Oilers by two goals with uh, an empty netter. You can't depend on your goalie to give you 40 saves a night. That is my one concern. Other than that, this team is fun to watch. They're not putting their head down after getting scored on. They're getting back out there and going to try and get another goal to bring this game close, as we saw in the Panthers game. Culture change. Yes, it's nice. It's It's very nice, but that is my one concern for this team. Other than that, I am very happy with how everything is looking. The lineup, the the young kids look great. Like you said, Paterka looks fantastic. Cousins. Was looking like we know Cousins kind of middle stat finally has arrived. It's showing up, and I am here for it. Darlene look- looks like one of the best players in hockey right now. Give Darlene the Rocket and the Norris right fucking now, okay? 
I mean, it's probably not going to happen with the Rocket, but I mean, you could start the season six games, six goals tonight. Uh, yes, because I don't think this, I don't think the Kraken are any good. I think that we're going to win this game handsomely. Um, we struggled against Seattle last year, though, is what worries me. The problem is, is that like we struggled because like we weren't good, and at the same time, you don't know what to expect from an expansion team. Uh, I think that we should. I think that they're going to take that as motivation. It's like, hey, we're better than this team. We can beat yeah. them. It also uh, is nice. So I know I said that the stuff about the goalies, like they shouldn't be being peppered like they are. But Craig Anderson has an. 0.970 save percentage and Comrie has a 0.930 save percentage and that is well above the league average from last year. One's the last point nine one five. This last... year, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I said this year. I think the league save average with how many goals you're seeing so far this season, you're probably going to want to have your goaltender averaging around a 0.905 to 0.910. Hey, that's a, yeah, no, that's pretty that's pretty damn good there. When's the last time we had a goalie that had a point had a save percentage of over 0.900 uh, to begin with? Like it's been a long time. I feel you probably like. have to go back to Miller. Probably, I'd say probably have to go back to about 2010. Leonard, I don't think Leonard was ever sitting at over 900. No, Leonard was not. If anything, probably close to point like eight nine seven. That'd right? be the last goal I could think of that would have been close for this team. Exactly. No, I think it has to go back to Miller back in 2010 when he won the Vesna. Yeah. That's that's what I think there. No, I I mean I agree with you to a point here on that. While I agree that the fact that like okay you can't be giving up 40 shots a game and having your goalie stand on your head all the time. I mean look at the teams that we had mentioned there. Okay, Ottawa was game Ottawa was game one game one. You're literally just trying to figure everything out, get like get get everything going with the team. But then like you mentioned Edmonton Edmonton and Calgary. These are two teams that you and I had talked about like earlier on in the podcast and even like, well, earlier on, like in previous podcast episodes and before the season started and everything like that, we've thought like would make deep runs in the playoffs on the Western Conference side, including Edmonton going to the Stanley Cup final. So giving up 40 shots a game against against Edmonton and Calgary, while I find that annoying. It's Edmonton and Calgary, like our two team, our two perennial contenders for the cup um, in the Western Conference. I would, I would have been more concerned if they gave up winless Vancouver Canucks, and if they also give up forty shots a game to Seattle tonight um, on this road trip here. So, like, that's like where I see that's where Vancouver I did outshoot us, though. They did. I didn't yeah, look they at had thirty shots to the Sabers twenty-seven. Oh, see, I didn't know the shot totals because I'm going to be completely honest with you. I did not see what sucks about the Western Canada road, the Pacific Northwest road trip is the games end too late. And I haven't been able to watch a full fucking game to see everything there. Yeah. But we only gave up 30 to the Canucks, which isn't. Yeah, no, we, out, we outplayed them, but they, they were definitely the more physical team against us. Vancouver, honestly, like I, I want to touch base on them for a second, real quick. I don't. What the fuck is their problem? They've given up multiple goal leads multiple times to start the season. They are the only winless team in the league, and it's not that they're terrible. It's not like that they're terrible. Why can't they close out games? Is it coaching? I was gonna Bruce? say, might have to be coaching. Yeah, my playoff Canucks are not off to a great start, that's for sure. No, they are not. It may be time for me to get off the Kool-Aid with the Canuck Bruce Boudreaux at this point. Maybe Kevin Owens needs to smack some smack some sense into the team. That's right. It's so early in the season. I mean, 
what most teams are only like five to six games in. Exactly. Exactly. Five to six games in, Sabres will have their – Even though they are still winless. Yeah, they're still winless. I mean, they've blown multiple goal leads this entire season. Yeah. They've had multiple games of multiple goal leads blown this season, which is pathetic in itself. That I mean, if they would have, if they would have held on to those games, they they would probably they like they they've blown almost all their games from winning positions. The only game, to my knowledge, that they have that they did not have a lead in or a tie in was against the Sabers. Yeah. You know what is promising about the Sabres, though, is we go on the first our first Western Conference road trip of the season. And typically on these road trips, you want to come home like around 500. Anything is better. We could go full sweep. We could go 4-0 and on this Western Conference road trip, and that is huge for later in the season. Yeah, no, without a doubt there. And what's nice is that we're getting Western Canada out of the way to start the season, which is great. Well, I, I'm sorry, the Pacific Northwest is out of the way to start the season, which is amazing. Usually that road trip doesn't happen until like February, maybe even March sometimes based on scheduling. So I am loving that there for sure. Um, from a from a, from a fan standpoint from the Sabres, though, I mean, looking at the games ahead after like – Looking at the games ahead, like after tonight's game against Seattle, I mean they come home to Mont they they come home to Mont they come home to Montreal, then Chicago, and then they I mean their next t- I mean they have a they have like a couple tough they they have a tough game at home against the Penguins like okay then you like they've got three tough games after that I mean Penguins Hurricanes and Lightning, but like okay. Then they've got the Coyotes. I mean, I'm going to say this right now, honestly. Like, I really think that the Sabres can be competitive with all these teams going up in their next 10 games. Like, their next 10 games, including tonight, are Seattle, Montreal, Chicago, Pittsburgh, Carolina, Tampa, Arizona, Vegas. So, one, two, three, four, five. Detroit. But, yeah. Did I forget? Wait, where did I forget Detroit? Detroit right to Chicago. You You went Chicago, Pittsburgh. <clears throat> but no, anyways, no, 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 did I? No, no, hey, ESPN's telling me it's Chicago, then Pittsburgh, my guy. Nope, we got the 29th, we got Chicago, Monday the 31st, we got Detroit, and then Wednesday, November 2nd is Pittsburgh. Why is ESPN missing an entire game there then? I have no idea. I, I knew, or as I know about the Monday games, because I thought about going to that. Yeah, because that's on Halloween. I mean, then they got the Bruins and then the Canucks there. But the thing is, though, is like, I think like after tonight, though, like if they get like, if they get a good stretch and if they take if they take six out of the next if they take six out of the next ten there that I mentioned, like, we're in a good spot. Yeah, well, especially like you're going up against a Montreal team on Thursday who is looking Surprise. good this year. Surprisingly, not terrible. Chicago like, is dog shit. I don't expect him. Detroit's kind of seems like they're kind of really just stuck where they have been. Chicago's not terrible. Detroit. Uh, Detroit uh, doesn't have any. They don't have any regulation losses, which is nice. Yeah. No. Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh. Carolina's Carolina. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not afraid of going into Tampa. I think they can go into Tampa and beat them. Tampa is not good this year. No, Tampa's not. Okay, Arizona, like, if we lose to the Coyotes, I'm just going to be like, what the fuck? (laughs) 
the fucking coyotes should have fucking stayed in Upper Canada when they had when they <laughs> should have fucking stayed in Upper Canada after that road trip, you assholes. Um, uh, I mean, again, like I said, I don't want to go too far ahead into the season here, but the no, yeah, it's still early, but I mean, it's promising. It's promising. It really is there. Um, although I may have to make my Western Conference play uh, prediction playoff prediction change earlier than I thought based on the Canucks there. I may have to change them out with Vegas because Vegas is off to a great start once again. I threw Vegas in there, and I'm so I'm I don't need to switch anything. <laughs> I'm right. I was riding high on Bruce. I'm Bruce Boudreaux. I like him. That's <laughs> I like him. That's why he's a good coach. But I don't know what the fuck their issue is. Speaking right. of riding high on coaches. Would you like to talk about the Flyers? <laughs> I don't give a yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna go into them like when I talk about their reverse retro, but you know what? Torts is just like you know what? I don't give a fuck what they're wearing. I just want to play fucking hockey. That man is fleecing everybody right now. It, it baffles my mind as to what is happening with that team. Like it, 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 it completely baffles me. I'm gonna be honest there. Like, uh, like. Like what's happening? They're four and two to start the. They're four and two to start the season. Like I mean, like it it, it completely just baffles me. Like what ha- Like to start the season, they start out kicking the shit out of New Jersey. Coming back against Vancouver, they beat Tampa. They only lose by one to Florida. They beat Nashville. Um. Okay. They they lost. They lost to the Sharks on Sunday. Uh, three nothing to the Sharks there, but like games like that are bound to happen there. But <laughs> is the Phil- is city of Philadelphia just like drinking the Kool Aid right now, based on how their sports teams are? Wait, what was that? Oh, Philly, yeah. Is the city of Philadelphia drinking the Kool Aid based on how their sports teams are right now? I mean, you I look. You have to be. I mean, you look at you, you look- your Phillies. They're going to the World Series. The Union are in the Eastern Conference Finals uh, for the MLS. Um, Eastern Conference Final for the MLS. The Eagles are six and zero. The only, I mean, the Sixers. The basketball season just started, and the Sixers are one and three. But they'll figure it out eventually. Yeah, like Philly is like the place to be for sports right now. Riding high on that fucking Philly Kool Aid, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, like your football team, I would be. I mean, it's like kind of looking like Philly right now, like Philly's a new Boston. Yeah, minus the championships. This is true. And the hatred. Well, no, Philly's just as hated. Philly's just as hated. But yeah, no, Torts. I had Torts, like early contender for coach of the year, John Tortorella. He He has to be. Him and Do- him and Donnie Meatballs. Him and Donnie Meatballs. I mean, the thing is, there is like earlier before the season started. Do you think you have a good hockey team this year? No. Yeah, I, I don't get how you say that, and then your team just starts out this year four and two. Because he fucks with everybody in the media. He's he's literally like one of those coaches that just fucks around with the media and knows he can get away with it because because he's John Tortorella. Yeah, like I said, I think he's trying to take the pressure off of his players. Like what it, everything he does in the media, he throws all the attention on himself, so does not focus on his team, which he's always done. He's always. It's done. not because he's con- it's not because he's conceited. It's just because that's what he does to protect his players. Uh, sometimes he's con- sometimes he is. Well, he's so. conceited, but 
He's just protecting no, no. his players at the end of the day. Brings, he puts he puts the attention on him to get the attention away from the team, which is very very smart there. So I I mean I like Torts. I I I have always liked Torts as a head coach. Don't get me wrong. Like I I just find it completely baffling how everybody has thought that this Flyers team was going to be dog shit to start the season, and here they are. Like yeah, it's only, we're only like a week and a half into the season, but yeah, it's like they're four and two. Like I didn't have them at four and two. Did you have them at four and two? I thought they were going to not win a game this season. The way Torch was talking, <laughs> we were on the Torch. We were on the tour We were on the Torch. Some um, uh, Kool Aid of how they're crap. Yeah. Uh boy. You know the crazy thing is. You know the crazy thing is though is if I didn't go to that Phillies game, uh, I would have ended up going to the Flyers game, and I would have seen them come back and win against the Canucks. <laughs> Although. <laughs> Although I would have been pissed off because I hate the Flyers. <laughs> uh, God, torts, 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 torts. Uh, God, I'm just, con- I'm still convinced that he took the job because he doesn't like tell being on television, to be honest. Well, everyone hated him after his takes on Zegras. This is very true. He could just tell the media, he can just tell those me tell the media his takes on Zegras when they play Anaheim three times a season. <laughs> But don't they only plan on him twice a season? Yeah, I sorry, twice. No, you're good. You're good. I meant to say twice. I was thinking about how the Sabres are somehow only playing the Maple Leafs three times this season. Own- not, I don't think there's what there's only one game in Buffalo, or none yeah. of them are in Buffalo. No, one and one is in Buffalo. That's stupid. I fucking hate the schedule. Fucking Bettman's an asshole. Um, Are you ready to do the reverse retros? Let's go into the reverse retros. All right. So we, over the last week, the the reverse retros were leaked, um, teased, and released. And me and Jake did decided to do a ranking of the reverse retro. I should have been more clear about going 1 to 32, but I guess I that's on me there. I did not know until literally like about – an hour ago when we started this podcast that he told me he did his based in tiers and I did mine one to 32. I'm going to let you go first with your tier rankings because I know I'll go. I, I know I'll take up more time going from 32 down to number one. All right. So I have four tiers as A, B, C, D. I'm going to start with my D tiers. And it's basically just every team that just threw their logo across the center, or rather it was diagonal or straight through. And just in wording, so my D tier is Vegas, Chicago, the Hurricanes, and Detroit. I think they look atrocious. There looks like there's no thought put into it. Yes, I get Vegas is glowing dark. Oh, so cool. I just think all these jerseys look like dog shit. The Hurricanes basically just threw their threw one of their jerseys from a couple of years ago on just their like 2006 team sweaters. It's atrocious. Chicago and Detroit. I get it. You guys are original six teams. You could have done better. Vegas. Yeah, I, I just don't like just the lettering across it. I don't know why. Not a fan. Okay. So those okay. are just my four. Shark. I'm, I'm going to get to the Sharks a little bit because they're they're just they're straight across as well, but theirs are different. The Sharks are a completely different look than how like Chicago's and Detroit's are when I'm talking about the logos across the middle. With the names. Okay. Okay. So you've got those four in your D tier. What we got for the C here? All right. So my C tier, I'm going to start um, Calgary's. I I think it's all right. 
I'm surprised that wasn't in your D tier, to be honest. There with that stripe, that fucking stripe across the with that 45 degree yeah. angle, everything. No, yeah, it, it is weird, but like I said, that tier was just for the teams that didn't put much thought into it, that just did the lettering across it. I just hate those so much. Okay, understandable there. So you got Calgary in your C. Got Calgary, and I got the other Alberta team as well in my C tier. Um, the Oilers, I I like it. I just it's too bland for me. I'm happy that they went back to the old oil rig with the, where it's going and the oil's dropping into the, um, that whatever you want to call it, the metal yeah. thing, whatever. I just think it's too bland. Not, not the best, but definitely not the worst. Not the, not the greatest, not the worst. Yes. Then I'm going to go the Dallas stars. I like these when I first saw them. Now I don't really know how to feel because I like the old style logo. It's just, I I think it's the green outline that's just throwing me off and everything with how it's like green all the way arms up to the shoulders and then the black in the middle. I think if they did that a little differently, like whether it was like an all green jersey and that logo, I think I would like it better. But not a not a huge fan. Then going back to another Canadian team in my C tier is the Winnipeg Jets. Kind of bland to me. Just not much thought put into it. Just kind of your logo and a little white, bit of different coloring. A white sweater. It's yeah. good for white. It's good for like. It's good for their whiteouts that they have. Yes. Yes, I agree with that. But I think it's got to be in my C C tier just because, like, I don't know. Not not much thought put into it. Then okay. my last team in the C tier, or sorry, there's two more in my C tier. We got. The New York Rangers, which I originally had them in my B tier. I decided to drop them because of, I don't know. I think, I, I'm not sure how I feel about that blue. If they would want more of a, like a teal blue, like, like Florida did or the Canadians did, I think I would have liked it more, but that's, I think it's just too much Royal blue. So I'm just showing them in my C tier for that reason. Okay. Oh, sorry. I lied. There's two more in my C tier. Cause then I got Columbus as well, who, Kind of in the same boat as, um, like with what Dallas did. Yeah, it's basically the same jersey Dallas has, just different colors and a different logo. Not great. Not great. Not terrible. I yeah, it's it, it's it is what it is. And then my last team in my C tier is the Senators because the Senators basically have these jerseys, had these jerseys, and it's just no thought as well. It's the, their logo. And then just black and red. Very, okay. very bland. Not. It is what it is. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I guess though, if you're looking from at, um, their aspect is like, well, what else could they do? Cause they've really only had those color schemes. Yeah. Not much you can do with lack of color scheme there for, in terms of like history of a franchise. Yeah. It's, this is what it is. All right, so my B tier kind of gets heavy with a lot of teams in it uh, because there's a lot of jerseys I like, but I can't throw my A tier because I think my A tier just has to be, like, for the premium of the premium jerseys. Okay, okay. So we'll start off with the B tier, obviously, and then you'll, we'll give off the, your top tier, top, top tier there. Yep. Um. So to start off, I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's different. I like it. Um. I like how they have, like, that white center patch, like, where it kind of looks like there's, like – 
to me it kind of looks like it's like raining like on along like inside the jersey and then they have the gray outside and like the black sleeves and stuff and then with the old nice tampa bay lightning logo the one that everyone knows and loves uh, where it says tampa bay and then lightning by the, the bolt instead of it just being a bolt in there so i am giving props to them because i like that jersey a lot toronto maple leafs all right it's another another jersey that team this team has a lot of history and has not changed their logo up much never really did anything different with their jerseys I like this. It's nice, simple, easy. It looks good. Then next, this one might surprise you. My B tier is the Buffalo Sabres. I'm actually surprised that you have that in, in the B tier. I, 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 I was going to throw them in the C tier, but then I just like the goat head so much. Yeah, you, my uh, based off of how your rankings are, mine are going to be a very, very different compared to yours. But obviously, like I'll go into detail. Like, what's your favorite? Yeah, yeah. Um, Sabres, it's... Just the goat head, like, I like it. It looks good. I'm happy that's the center patch, but we're also doing the goat head again this year. Um, this is a jersey that could have been in my C tier. Decided just to throw it in my B tier because it's Buffalo. B for Buffalo. Moving on. Um, then next, we're going to go down to Nashville. Um, I love that old Sabretooth logo. Um, this is basically what their jerseys look like when you and I were growing up. I really like it. Not I an like- A-tier jersey, but definitely good enough to be up there. Yeah, I like the logo, but again, I'll go more in depth to it. I'll go more in depth once you're finished. Yep. Then next on the B tier is going to be um, the Arizona Coyotes. Like it. Not an A tier jersey, in my opinion. I don't know like how I feel about an orange, the orange jersey for them. Best thing it's the cool co- because it's for the desert. I like it. Not an A tier jersey. It's the best thing the Coyotes will have going for them this season. Yes. Um, then next, Minnesota. This one could have been a C tier because they didn't really change up their reverse retros from the last jersey that much. Um, yep. I would have preferred the North Star logo on it, but I guess you probably can't do that because the North Stars are now the Dallas Stars. But I like the throwback to the colors again. Kind of the same as the other reverse retros, but it is what it is. Yep. Then I got Seattle. Really? What, do you think they're better? No. Do you think shocked. they're well, I just, I know, I think I'm a sucker for it because it's different than, they've only had two jerseys so far. And I think, I think they, um, I, they did good to it. I, I like it. Okay. Okay. I respect your opinion. Once again, once again, like when I give my rankings, like I'll have my reasonings for where I, where I have them. So I, I respect like where you have them. I'm not going to lie. I'm surprised that this was not in a C tier though. Okay. Um, the next in the B tier, like I said, my B tier is very heavy because next I'm going to Colorado. Um, good jersey, I like it. Yep, it's a good jersey. I like the C, nice, simple. I like the coloring, it looks really good. They did very well in the jersey, not enough to get to an A tier, definitely not a C tier jersey. B tier, I felt like was perfect. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not their reverse retro from two years ago. They'll never fuck, they will never top that unless they bring back the blue from the North. Yeah, they, I'm happy they didn't try that. I'm happy they did what they did. And they didn't mess it up. Nope. I would buy that jersey if I was an Avalanche fan. Yeah, not bad jersey. Then next in my B tier is going to be the Washington Capitals. Ah, uh, yes, the flying, the, the uh, flying eagle. The flying eagle, I love it. Love the colors. Throwing it back to when, like you said, you and I growing up watching Alexander Ovechkin playing that growing up all the time. Love that jersey. Um, bravo to them. Not one of my A tier jerseys, but. Bravo to them. I very well done. 
Then next is going to be the Flyers. Basic. Simple. Not terrible. Not great, but somehow made my B tier. The Flyers? Yeah, they snuck into my B tier. Ports doesn't give a shit about these. He just wants them to play hockey. Exactly. And he has doesn't want them looking like a box of fucking I don't want my team looking like a box of fucking crayons. I just want them to play fucking hockey, get the puck in the zone and shoot on nets, blah, 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 some shit, whatever the fuck Torch is going to say to the media. Yep, yep. Like I said, like Philly, another one of those cities that never had a lot of jerseys, kind of always been what they are. And I like it. Simple, nice, not what they did. Thankfully, it doesn't look like a practice jersey like the Red Wings one did when they brought out the reverse retros. Oh, God. Well, the Red Wings, like they last time, like last time with that, that was just bad because, like, they, I think they were afraid to mess everything up. Yeah. And okay. then, um, I got two more now in my B tier. Going the Kings. I love okay. the crown. Um, kind of the same type of jersey as, um, the same like style of it as the Stars and the Blue Jackets, but I like the white and I like the purple and gold. I'm a sucker for their purple and gold jerseys, so it made my beach here. And I okay. love the crown in the middle. Okay, I like it. I like it. Then last jersey, my B tier, just because this is very different and threw me off and because I didn't know what they're going to do with their jerseys, the New Jersey Devils. I, I am a fan of that red, yellow, and blue color scheme. Um, Kind of reminds me of the Airy Otters. Um, I think it's well done because I didn't know what they're going to do. It shocked me, and I like it. Okay. Okay. So then we've got, so we've got your B tier then. All right. Um, and now and- my A tier has seven jerseys and these ones, like they would be, I'm going to rank, I'm going to rank these as how I'm going to go for these ones. I have a list of one to seven. I am just glad that the Montreal Jersey is in your A tier. I would have been a little bit upset if it was not. Nope. This I'll get to them, but coming in at number seven for me, is going to be the Florida Panthers. That blue looks very nice. I like the palm tree and the hockey stick. I love the red outline to it and the throwback, uh, the old navy blue and the yellow they used to have. I really like it. This is my number seven jersey, and I bravo to them. Very well done. All right. Number six, it's going to be the St. Louis Blues. This is a good jersey. This is a very good jersey. It, this is like honestly with the blues, I I don't want I I don't want to interrupt here too much, but I'm going to be honest. I didn't know what to expect from them because like their color schemes have have differed and their logo has kind of changed a little bit over the years here, but they went completely different from what anybody expected. Oh yes, and I really like it. I enjoy the the colorway to it. Um, the predominant yellow and then that little bit of the baby blue that you can see like in the outline and stuff. Really like it. Really well done. That was number six. Okay. Number five for me is going to be, or one, two, three, four, yeah. five, six, seven, eight. Sorry, yeah. I have eight jerseys. So Florida is number eight. St. Louis is number seven. Oh, okay. Number six is going to be the Vancouver Canucks. Love the love the lumberjack logo. What's his name? Johnny. What is his name? Johnny Canuck. Johnny Canuck. Yes. Love the Johnny Canuck logo. Jerseys. 
if they would have did something a little different with the jerseys, I they could have been my number one easily. Not the greatest jersey, but a great logo. All they right. are coming in at number six. Okay. Now we're getting into top five, the nitty-gritty here. Yep. The nitty-gritty coming down. Um, number five is going to be the Montreal Canadiens. Very happy with these jerseys. Definitely different from what we know. Montreal, they're throwing it back. I think you and I talked about this. Kind of, they kind of remind me of Montreal's Montreal Expos with the colors. Yes, yes, the Montreal Expos. Expos colors. I'm very happy because, like again, another another city that only has really one heritage in their jerseys, and they went a little different with it, and I really like it. A nice touch to a nice a nice a nice touch to. Uh, some history associated with Montreal sports. Also, Yupi uh, definitely appreciates that they're going back to his former team. Uh, I mean, mascots. I mean, he Yupi is only the mascot there, but I mean, he was the old Expos mascot. So, uh-huh. just, just to see, just seeing that mascot rock Expos colors at a Habs game, that would be cool to see. Exactly. So I'm happy with those. Then number four is the Islanders and the Fishermen. The Islanders have finally decided to change their jerseys up because they screwed up so many jerseys so far um, going into their old reverse retros um, into when they switched their jersey color from two years ago when they went from a light blue to a, back to a navy blue and then back again. However, it did. I know they switched a couple times, but they're back. They brought the fishermen. I'm a sucker for the fishermen. I really like that. So it comes in at number four for me. Okay. Number three, I'm going to the Anaheim Ducks. This logo... And their new colors, I could get behind. I hate, I hate, the, I hate the Ducks' new colors, but this logo, if this was their real jersey, and they would have a top three jersey in the league. That logo is amazing, uh, the Mighty Ducks logo, and it's clean. It's not too much in your face. It's perfect. Okay, all right. I'll go more into that later. Yep. Number two is going to be the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, that logo in the center of the jersey is just so nice and i will always be a soccer for that logo robo penguin is back i love it yep and then number one that leaves the team i hate the most in the league and they somehow get the number one jerseys the boston bruins where did you put the sharks oh wait yeah hang on i, I spoiled it i spoiled it i spoiled it book sharks were my one i forgot i, I forgot to mention them Number two is the Boston Bruins. Number, number two is the Bruins. Number two is the Bruins. All right. Okay. So you're right. Okay. So number two is the Bruins because of Pooh Bear, I assume. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I love Pooh Bear and I love like the little, like the diet, like the kind of sharp edges at the bottom of the jerseys and by like where the handcuffs are. I'm a sucker for it. And that Bruin just looks so nice on a jersey. Okay. And then we'll go back here. I'll give you a reprieve. Number one, even though you said you hated teams with lettering on your. Uh, on the jersey, tell me why it's Saint, why why the San Jose Sharks are number one on your list. I mean, how could people not love the San Diego Seals jerseys from back in the 70s, 80s, whenever they played? They're throwing it back, going to their color scheme. The jersey is just that color scheme is wow. You've never we've never seen that on a hockey jersey before, like I said, except for the Golden Seals. And they're back, and I love it. I am very, very much in like these colors are doing something to me. If I liked anyone on the Sharks, I would buy this jersey. Unfortunately, I don't. I might order a you can one order- without without a name on it. Just that jersey is so clean and those colors are so nice. 
Yeah, no, honestly, a couple of reverse retro jerseys I would buy and they would be just shut up and take my money here. All right. Um, your rankings are going to be very much different from mine because of how I'm 31 to 32. But I'm going to go 32 to 1. I didn't do tiered because I couldn't. I didn't want to do tiered because the thing is, though, is like I need to figure out like who balances where. And I figured that would be more time consuming than just ranking them in numerical order. I'm going to start at the bottom. I'm going to go from the top. Number 32, the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm not a fan of these. I love the logo. That's about it. I don't like the lightning bolt on the side. I, I kind of like the numbers. Like, it actually, those, those numbers, like, on the back definitely intrigue me. But I'm just not a fan overall. I, I think they're awful. They need to be sent in a box floating down the river or just take them to the trap and blow them up inside the trap and maybe blow up the trap as well. Um, but again, I, 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 it's the worst in my opinion just because I feel like they're doing too much with the nostalgia. With the lightning down the sleeves, with the logo, with the color scheme, I think it's too much. Um, you can literally only do so much with nostalgia um, and I'm going to get into that later with another team about nostalgia. Um, number 31, Philly. Not a terrible jersey, but I feel like Philly didn't give a, give thought into this. I literally think Torts walked into like the marketing department and said, "I don't give a shit what these guys are wearing. I just want to play hockey." Or so, and he's probably cut and he's probably telling them like, "Don't make them look like a box of fucking crayons or something like that." Something John Tortorella would say. Whatever you know, you know he's going to throw. Um, he's going to throw into, uh, he's going to throw into there, uh, for that there. Um, number 30, Calgary. The stripe ruins everything. I literally love the Jersey up until the stripe. Why that stripe is there. I don't know. I don't know why they did it. I have no clue. It's stupid. They should have never done it. Get rid of it. Please, uh, please Adidas, let them redo this and get rid of the stripe, please. Um, Number 29, I have Columbus. I'm just not a fan of this jersey in general. I feel like they just took a black jersey and just a black sweater and and, and threw the Blue Jackets logo right on top of it. Um, number 28, Toronto. It's a blue Maple Leafs jersey. How many times have we seen a blue Maple Leafs jersey? It's nothing to write home about, honestly. Um, the same thing could be said about number 27 with Ottawa. It's a typical Ottawa Senators jersey. Same logo, same color scheme. I want to see like them like actually like wear the jersey though to get a real feel for them because apparently the uh, the Sens are going to like have an all black scheme in terms of like jersey pants, helmet and whatever eh, to have jersey pants, helmet and like full on uniform. So I want to see how that looks there. If that if that looks good to me, I can come back and maybe change my ranking a little bit for them there. But for right now they're 27. Uh, number 26, I have Carolina. It's literally their away jersey with a remix, just the name like going down in a diagonal. No creativity whatsoever. 25, I have Seattle. It's not a bad jersey overall. I'm not huge on it, but then I also remembered what they did, what they decided to do with their mascot with that hideous thing. <laughs> so, so it's not as bad as their mascot. Like, also, Seattle literally has no hockey history to like go off of. I mean, they have the old Metropolitans back in like they have the old Metropolitans back in um uh, back in the 1900s, but like 
you you want to like try and do something there. Um, 24, I have Nashville. I love the logo. Goes back to the childhood, like you said there. But the gold is redundant. I'm sick and tired of the gold. If they would have done a different color scheme, I would have been fine with this. And this probably would have been up in the teens. But the gold, I'm getting sick of. It's redundant. Like, they they could do and move on with that. 23, this is, where I, this is where I wanted to get with a little too much nostalgia. Again, like how Tampa did. Buffalo, the Sabres. It's literally just a goat head jersey with the current colors. It's kind of black. I love the goat head logo. I do. You know I do. But looking at this jersey, it's kind of blasphemous, if you, in in my opinion. Especially with the fact that they're bringing back the black jersey as the alternate. Honest to God, my opinion, they should have used the slug. They should have done the slug logo and used the current color scheme for the slug. Um, hopefully next, maybe next time they'll do that. If not next time, then hopefully maybe they'll bring back the bottle cap logo from the 19, like the one time they wore it in the 1970s. Uh, that would be great. That would honestly be great. Maybe even do something for the Buffalo Bisons hockey team. That used to be a long time ago before the Sabre, before the Sabres were even in exist, were even in existence. I mean, that would be great too. Um, but I'm not like, if I'm going to buy a Sabres jersey, it's going to be the alternate. It's going to be a Paterka alternate uh, black jersey there. Um, number 22 is Chicago. Chicago. I'm shocked you have these ones higher than some of the jerseys you already ranked. Chicago's isn't terrible. I like Chicago's because of the historical ties to it. Because Chicago being an original six team, I decided to look at there's more from a historical standpoint than, than a color standpoint and a fashion standpoint. Chicago's um, Chicago's isn't great, but it's not better than Detroit's. You're gonna love where you're gonna love where I have Detroit. Um, Twenty one, the Devils. I like the Devils. They pay tribute to the Colorado Rockies before they relocated to New Jersey. It's a fun look. The color scheme looks great, though. The only thing is, though, is like when I look at this jersey, I think more of Colorado than I do of New Jersey. And seeing the Devils logo on that jersey kind of just like throws everything off for me from a fashion standpoint. Um, number 20, I have the Wild. I love that this is in green. There's no creativity, though. It looks like the same. It, it's almost pretty much the same thing as the last reverse retro, only in green, but still sick jersey nonetheless. Like you said, I wish that they, like you said, they should be able to use the North Stars logo. The fact that the that the North Stars, like, really haven't been incorporated fully into reverse retro pisses me off. And the fact that Dallas hasn't done anything to do, hasn't done anything for that annoys me as well, because that's the team that became, because they're the team that became the, they're the team that relocated from Minnesota to become the Dallas Stars. Like Minnesota moved there, like do something, get that logo back on a jersey, please. Um, Although... Ironically, I have Dallas ahead of Minnesota there. I love the crest. I like I unlike you, I'm sorry. I actually like the color scheme. I think it goes well with this jersey. Um the crest looks amazing on in the, in, in the middle there too. Um 18, I have the Jets looking great. They I have the Jets like nothing too special, but with their whiteout atmosphere, it looks great there. 17. The Detroit at 17 is probably going to shock you probably. Yes. Apparently, it's an homage to a jersey that they had for their 75th anniversary back in the 90s. It also historically has ties to the 1920s. I love it from a historical standpoint. 
because jerseys back get back because jerseys back then they looked like the the reverse that they looked like that the reverse retro looked like that from a historical standpoint like that's what those jerseys looked like it was just it was just literally stripes and it had the name no logos nothing so like I like it from a historical standpoint from a fashion sense no it's terrible so I put them in the middle 16 I have the Rangers I love that they went back to the Liberty head logo I love it I can't take the jersey seriously though on that blue. Honest to God, it looks like a it looks like a hoodie that you find at a clearance rack for, uh, that you find like in the clearance rack of the Rangers team store in MSG for about fifty bucks, and you decide to get it because of how cheap it is. Yeah. Fifteen penguins. I love the Robo Penguin oh. logo. Huh? I said oh. <laughs> it screams out Mario Lemieux and Yamir Yager to me. The only thing is, though, is they literally just flipped the white to black, and more thought could have been put into this because the Robo Penguin on black, I'm just like, hey, if you would have just like done like a different color, like color scheme there, maybe it would have looked, worked a little bit better. 14 Canucks. I love the Johnny Canuck logo. The only thing is, though, is if I was a Canucks fan, I would not love this logo because Johnny Canuck is already on the Abbotsford Canucks jerseys who are their AHL affiliate. So I feel like the Canucks organization kind of just got lazy with that point there. Um, number 13, I have the Ducks. They're clean. They're cool looking. That logo is amazing. They're, gonna sl- they're literally going to sh- sell a shit ton of these, honest to God. Like Anaheim, like it's gonna either be blank and they'll shit sell a shit ton, or they're just gonna slap Zegras on the back of it and sell a shit ton too, and maybe just maybe like you know who knows if I decide to break the bank or not there. Um, number twelve, I have the Capitals. They brought back the flying eagle. Flying eagle. The jersey looks sleek <clears throat> with the color scheme, honestly. Like that color scheme with the logo looks good. But if I like it's it, it would be like if I did if you did your tier if I did your tier system it's a B tier jersey, yeah. Um. Number eleven, I have number eleven. I have the Oilers. They brought back the oil drop logo. Everything looks good. Everything looks good there with that. Um, nothing to write home too crazy much about. It's just more along the lines of the logo. 10, I have the Islanders, much, much better than the joke of a jersey. Last time around, the Fisherman logo should have been incorporated the first time. 9, Coyotes, it's honestly the only good thing that will be on the ice for them the entire season. The team sucks. Number 8, I have... Number eight, I have St. Louis. I love the gold. I love the retro font. I love the retro-looking logo. Apparently, this is what they originally wanted their first jersey to be when they came into the league in the 60s, but decided to scrap it. I love it, though. Seven, I've got the Bruins. Can't go wrong with Pooh Bear. Number six, Jake is going to hate me for this. Jake is going to hate me for this. I've got Vegas. It spe- the, the jersey glows in the dark. It also speaks out like glitz and glamour, which is what Vegas represents. Number five, I've got the Canes. I love the crown logo in the front. Number four, I have the Avalanche. Clean and simple. Great logo in the front front there. Sleek jersey. I mean, it's not going to top what they did with the first reverse retro, but it's good nonetheless. 
Number three, I have the Montreal Canadiens. Literally, just shut up and take my money with these Expos colors right now, honestly. Like, honestly, like you, I, I looked and saw how much it would be to pre-order a Caulfield jersey. I know, I like, I, I just, like, I want to get one. I honestly want to get one of these jerseys. The Expos colors literally speak out to me with Gary Carter, Tim Rain, Gary Carter, Tim Raines, Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson, Vlad Guerrero, like all those guys, like all those guys to ever play for the Expos uh, back in the day there before the team got before the team relocated like I love it number one the Florida Panthers this jersey is evocative speaks literally what South Florida represents the palm tree the the, the light blue the color scheme the logo overall like honestly like this is just this is just pure bliss like I love this jersey. Like I, I like it took me a minute to like grow on it, but I really don't. I, it took me a minute to grow on it, but at the same time, it's just like you know what, fuck it. I love this jersey. And then number one, I'm with Jake on it. The San Jose San Jose Sharks tribute to the Golden Seals. The 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 color scheme, the printing, the font, the logo, whatever you want to call it, it's all sublime, and you can't go wrong with a little California love. But that's where I stand on the logos. I mean, on the reverse retros. Um, you know, we can go more into detail about like where we speak on that there. But after that, like other than that, I don't think like we have anything else to talk about. So once again, that concludes another episode of the Lonely Heart Sports Podcast. Uh, next week, we'll look ahead to week nine. Talk about the World Series a little bit. Just continue some hockey talk. College football as well because the playoff rankings will come out and we'll go from there. But you can listen to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your preferred podcast. And until next week, everybody, just keep on keeping on.